Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the Sickle CAI toll-free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. Uh, it has been a little while since we've done an Ed Brown update, or in this case, an Elaine Brown update. Still and, in jail? Yep. Okay. They are both still in jail. <laughs> That'd be and, a hell of an update if they weren't. Well, and uh, the reason I, I bring this up, not just to give you an update on the case, but also because uh, there have been a few times where Elaine Brown has sent uh, mail correspondence to Cat Canning, the publisher of the, the what was formerly known of as the Keene Free Press, now known as the New Hampshire Free Press, as they have expanded their coverage area out from the Keene area of New Hampshire to more of the entire state. Uh, so that's a, that's good news. Uh, mm-hmm. The the more the most pro freedom publication in New Hampshire, started by Free State Project members, is now expanding out uh, eastward which is great. Uh, so from the New Hampshire Underground, NH, uh, nhfree.com. Uh, again, just to give you a, a quick update on who these people are, in case you don't know, Ed and Elaine Brown. Uh, Mark, how would you describe their situation? Um, their current situation or uh, who they are? How they get to where they are. Well, they uh, Ed, Ed Brown believed that, uh, that uh, some nefarious uh, groups were controlling the government and that his... Uh, uh, his tax dollars were going towards ends that he would not support, so he refused to pay his uh, income tax and, uh, you know, sort of structured his life around not paying the income tax. The government uh, had a little court case where they said, you're a bad guy, and you don't get to talk during your court. You can't say what you want to say during your court case. Um, and he got railroaded, just like so many victims of government courts. So he said, I'm not going back. I'm not going to go play in your kangaroo court. Um, Elaine Brown uh, was ordered by the court. His lovely wife. His, yeah, his, Both his, of them, by the way, in their early 60s. His uh, beautiful wife uh, decided that she wasn't, uh, that, you know, that she was told that she wasn't going to uh, be allowed to speak to her uh, scofflaw husband. So she had to go stay with her son down in Massachusetts. She, uh, uh, you know, the pining in her heart was just too much for her to handle. She had to be with Ed, her uh, husband of many years, and decided that she'd go back to their house. Beyond the uh, beyond the tax avoiding or whatever you want to call it, tax freedom uh, portion to this particular case, that the courage that these people had to not pay taxes in the first place. Beyond that, uh, her leaving under a court order, leaving Massachusetts to return home to her husband. That had to be one of the most persuasive and just touching parts of this entire uh, affair. I would concur. So she went back home in violation of a judge's order. And it was at that point that they were basically wanted by the law. They had uh, decided to not go back to the court courthouse because they weren't getting a fair trial. Mm-hmm. And uh, the U.S. Marshals had been sicked on them at that point to uh, retrieve them and bring them to a jail cell. Mm-hmm. And that's where the uh, the standoff began. Now, it wasn't a standoff like Waco was a standoff. They t- they made it very clear, we're not going anywhere. We haven't done anything. And we haven't harmed anybody. So we're not going anywhere. We don't want to go to your prisons. And that's what they told. You know, They said, look, if you come in here, we will shoot you. And it, it, that began a almost year-long process of them being allowed to stay in their home, where the, the feds 
did not raid them. They didn't use a show of force like they had done previously at Ruby Ridge or at Waco in the some incidents that were similar in the in the 1990s where the feds wanted somebody and they uh, they just blew their way in and blew stuff up and killed people to to make it happen. Mm-hmm. So they behaved differently this time around, and I believe that the reason for that is because of the internet, is because people who love freedom. People who want to end the federal tax system that we have from around the country seized on to the Ed and Elaine Brown case because Ed and Elaine were courageous enough to do this and make a stand. Many people who weren't necessarily courageous enough to do the same as Ed and Elaine Brown, but were courageous enough to come and help, to come and just say hi and Spend some time uh, with Ed and Elaine and make and, them feel... And many people who were just as courageous because uh, sure, there, were lots of, there were lots of uh, income tax scoff, scoff laws that uh, went to Ed and Elaine's uh, uh, aid. Russell Canning's one. Oh, okay. Yeah, absolutely. I, but I want to point out that a lot of the people that went to their aid were people that were supporters. Just supportive, right. And uh, they, they showed their support, and I'm sure that, that because support of, was appreciated. Because of what they were doing and who they were being, um, they garnered a great deal of support. All of us went out there, as a matter of fact, mm-hmm. at, at one point or another. Uh, we weren't there every day. I went out twice. You went out once, Mark. Julia, yep. you were there, I was once. there once. Had a delicious bratwurst and by of, uh, uh, Ted Anderson of GCN. Right, right. The uh, the network that carries us uh, on the on the satellite feed. Uh, so the, one of the problems, though, that, that uh, we came across and a lot of people came across was that Ed Brown, he's a, he's a little nutty, and he kind of alienated and a little creepy. Yeah, well, he kind of alienated people that would would come out with the intention, the best of intentions, would come out with you know to to intending to help. Mm-hmm. And Ed, being you know a little off the deep end with his whole Illuminati nonsense, whatever his personal belief system was, ended up really alienating people. Yeah, he alienated some people. And he could have had he could have had a lot more support than he did. I, but I, despite his attitude, they still had a surprisingly large show of, of but support. What, um, but what more would that have support have done, do you think? I don't know. Okay. More people? Not a bad thing. Not a bad uh, thing. But, but because down toward the end, there weren't a lot of people around, and that's when the feds made their move. Mm-hmm. And they did finally make their move. It, uh, it happened, I think it was late October of last year. So after months and months of just sitting out there, being allowed to live their own lives. Now, of course, they weren't able to really leave their property because the feds were around and they wanted to snatch them up if they could. And who knows how much money the feds spent uh, trying to track and, and trace Ed and Elaine Brown and keep an eye on them. And who can knows? only imagine. Uh, so, so the, you know, this standoff just went on and on. And uh, finally, they did capture them. And that brings us to the letter from Elaine Brown, and she writes very eloquently. Yes, yeah, she's great. Uh, we've read her letters in the past that uh, were written to Kat Canning at the New Hampshire Free Press, and this is, I believe, her latest one. It's called Night of Our Capture. And it really gives you a look inside the uh, the minds of these federal agents and the deception that these men are willing to operate underneath in order to to arrest somebody, in this case, to arrest somebody who's never harmed anyone. Certainly people who have uh, been involved in drug dealing are very familiar with this kind of deception if they've encountered an informant or if they, if they have encountered an undercover agent. Uh, so this might ring true for someone who's, who's got, uh, who has a friend or per, who has personally been involved with selling drugs. Well, but, no, le- no level of deception is too low um, for 
people that are, you know, when it comes to, you know, this whole nationalistic fervor that has, uh, you know, swept the nation, it, you know, it, the principles be damned. Yeah. We, we, have, we have a job to do. We have a nation to protect people. When you read a story like this, you have to wonder how these men can wake up in the morning and look at themselves in the mirror, how they can go to sleep at night. Well, I imagine they enjoy the deception. I think you're right. They probably get off on it. Well, this is, this is and, and, you know, to this job are drawn people that enjoy deceiving people. Obviously. Uh, uh, have you ever seen them in their little outfits? I mean, they put on those black masks. They're probably, like, pumped. and. and oh, they're pumped. I, I can picture them getting ready for work and, like, banging their arms or their fists against their chest yeah. like gorillas. Rawr! Yeah. Right. So here we go. El, uh, Elaine Alice Brown writes, Ed and I were captured in the evening of Thursday, October 4th, 2007, after making our stand in our home since January. The previous weekend... Dutch slash Dan was introduced to us by one of our trusted friends and supporters. He and Dutch Dan arrived unexpectedly at our home very... I don't know why it's Dutch slash Dan. Maybe he changed his name or had two oh. names that he went by. Maybe Dutch. Dutch sounds, Dutch sounds like a, uh, a, a nickname yeah. and uh, right. Dan sounds like a given name. Okay, so Dutch arrived at our home unexpectedly late one night, around midnight as I recall. Dutch had been working his way into the confidence of our friend for some time professing to be a supporter and sympathizer of us and our cause. Dutch stayed with us a day or so, offering to aid us in any way. He claimed to be a bounty hunter living in New York someplace. We'll bring you the rest of this story. How the deception went down and how Ed and Elaine Brown were finally arrested by the U.S. Marshals. And we'll take your calls about whatever you want. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything toll-free. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, the features we give away. So enjoy those, including the bulletin board system. Over 325,000 posts. Lots to talk about. Serious issues, fun stuff. You will find it all at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. LegalZoom can save you time and money. On um, It's created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com. It helps you create reliable legal documents like setting up a corporation or a limited liability company, set up your will or a living trust, all kinds of things. You can do it in minutes at LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save $10. That's LegalZoom.com. So in the middle of reading a letter to the New Hampshire Free Press at nhfree.com, uh, by Ed and well, not Ed Brown, but Elaine Brown, because they don't—they're not together anymore. They're separated, uh, separated in two different prison facilities, federal prisons. And uh, just to bring you up to speed, Ed and Elaine held the feds at bay for a number of months uh, in their beautiful New Hampshire home uh, from possible from being arrested uh, on tax charges. They had been convicted in a so-called court, uh, and uh, it was about 11 months that they held out. Uh, on their own, and uh, before the feds finally made a move to bring them in. And this is the story about the night it all went down at the Ed and Elaine Brown household. Told from Elaine's perspective, uh, again, this is her letter. And it really gives you a, a look inside how scummy these federal agents are. Now, they, I'm sure, think they're the good guys, but they're not. Let me get back to the story. All right, so we're talking about a man named Dutch slash Dan, uh, who'd been working his way into their confidence, the confidence specifically of one of their trusted friends and supporters. So one of the people that Ed and Elaine were very trusting toward, this guy befriended. All right. And As I understand, they were pretty wishy-washy about who they were 
trusting. They were, but they let their guard down. and Perhaps flighty. Yeah. Right. And, and But they let their guard down, and they wanted to be friendly to people that, that came up sure. for, the, for the most part. Uh, and so it's a, it was a tough position they were in because their house, to some extent... You know, was or their their the area of their home was to some extent open to visitors who were professing to agree with them and be supportive toward them. And inevitably, if a trusted friend of yours brings you another friend of theirs, then you give them a little bit more credit. Well, the idea there, and um, what makes a certain amount of sense is, is that if they were perhaps more open, then, uh, like you had said, more people would have been around uh, when the incident occurred, and therefore, yeah. you know, Ed wanted to get the drop on him, right? Skin his uh, his smoke wagon before they did. Mm-hmm. Um, one would assume that, that someone would have been able to do that, um, whereas, um, you know, with the sort of back-and-forth situation, um, you know, accusing people like uh, Dave Ridley of uh, being part of the Illuminati and things right, like from that. Rid- from RidleyReport.com. Yeah, I mean, you know, D- Dave, it, it seems odd to me. He was, I think, from what I understand, yeah, looking Dave's for some, safe. some cleaning materials. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let me continue the story. So there's this guy, Dutch Dan. He claimed to be a bounty hunter. Uh, she says, I don't recall if he ever said exactly where he was from. He asked to have some broken fillings replaced. Now remember, Elaine uh, was a dentist. By trade, in fact, the feds stole her dental office as part of this whole tax situation. They they just stole the woman's business from her. One of the the more popular dentists in the Plainfield, New Hampshire area, very successful. Customers were very satisfied. So this guy asked her. She to, wouldn't have been in business that long if they weren't. Right. She uh he was he asked to have some broken fillings replaced, which I did, and for which he paid me, which of course was then confiscated. When I told him I wanted to get the rest of my dental supplies from my office, he offered to get them for me. He went back and forth from New, uh, to New York a couple of times during the week, so he said, getting in touch with some associates to assist him in getting the supplies. He scouted out the office to see what kind of security was there. Again, so he said. I asked him why he would take such a risk for someone he didn't even know. His answer was, because I love you guys. Hmm. I remember those exact words. On October 4th, he arrived with four of his associates. Some of them, I don't recall if one or two of them remained at the house and were in telephone contact. They told us that there was an alarm on the office door. Remember, the feds were in possession of the office by this point. But they could get around it. Dutch told us that he would love to get the supplies out of the office, that it would be a lot of fun to grab stuff from the feds. They actually brought bags full of supplies to the house. They put everything into the garage. I never did get the opportunity to look in the bags, but I assume it was supplies in case I did open the bags when they brought them in. Dutch also brought three pizzas, and we broke out the beer. We all sat on the porch eating pizza and drinking beer, just relaxing. Pizza and beer's good. Suddenly they all <laughs> jumped us. Dutch was sitting on my right and he grabbed me, securing my hands. Once he had me secured, one of the others tasered me on my left knee. The other four had Ed on the floor. Now this is a woman who has never hurt anyone. She's the sweetest lady. I mean, and she's Ed Brown just so nice. Never hurt anyone, at least that he's been charged for. Right. Uh, the other four had Ed on the floor. They actually had forced him out of his chair through the front door and onto the foyer floor. We immediately were handcuffed, me behind my back. My memory of Ed is he was handcuffed in front and shackled foot and waist. Shortly thereafter, Ed was driven to the Lemonin Police Department. I was kept at the house for about another hour. Our dog, Zoe, was so frightened and confused. Fortunately, okay. she has a very sweet and passive personality, so she was not killed. As, by the way, happens so frequently when it comes to the police raiding people's homes. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised they didn't just shoot her anyway for fun. Yep. 
I am surprised uh, as well. It's it seems um, you know that, that that's not out of the uh, realm of possibility. I mean, there's it seems like from the stories that we've seen and uh, some of the video we've looked at here that that might just be the penchant of some police. So the dog. But I wasn't... don't think that that's really the Fed sort of thing to do. That's, sort, that's sort of a local cop, uh, you know, power they're trippy all thing sickos, to do. And they're all tripping on power. Anyway, she the dog wasn't killed, uh, but was and was taken safely to the local humane society, as was their cat. Uh, I was taken to the Lebanon Police Department as we were driving there on the road leading to our house. Or, yeah, the, the road leading to our house. We passed six or eight vehicles traveling together toward our house. Also, after we were captured, several men in full battle dress uniform, heavily armed, arrived at the house. Thus, there was a very large contingency of, uh, contingency of marshals, if that's who they were, gathered to come in. Had we not been subdued as we were, I have no doubt they were prepared to kill us. All this for violating a law that does not exist. Upon arriving at the Lebanon Police Department, I saw Ed in a holding cell. I was taken to a cell out of sight of Ed. I saw on the wall of the cell, NH Free. So I knew this was the cell that Lauren Canario had been placed in. Hi, Lauren. Mm -hmm. Lauren, by the way, one of our friends, uh, Free State Project early mover, had been arrested a few few weeks before that trying to visit the Ed Brown household, or just trying to walk down the the road that leads to the Ed Brown household. She was arrested and had her video uh, video camera confiscated. And by the way, she hasn't gotten her camera back yet. What a surprise. Anyway, one of the marshals kept telling me how glad he was that we weren't hurt, that they didn't really want to hurt us. Of course, they of course they didn't. Think of the bad press it would bring them. He was shouting at Ed at the police station about how Ed broke the law, etc. This man alternated between concern and verbal abuse. He's the one that kept his hand on me the whole time, from the handcuffing to the police station. Now, I don't know if that's part of their training or if he has a mental problem of some kind. For example, while at the house, he held me by the arm, even though I was handcuffed and surrounded by a number of armed men. He started shouting in my ear about my crime, how I should have paid my taxes, how wrong we were, etc. I told him I would not respond to him, so he should stop talking to me. He said he was going to talk as much as he wanted, and I had no choice but to listen to him. It's a free country, right? I just tuned him out, praying silently. After an hour or so, I was taken to the police station. I passed my cell where we were in. We kissed through the metal. This was the last time I saw my husband, Hmm. and I wasn't told where I was being taken. She was kept in an observation room on suicide watch, was not allowed to get her glasses or asthma uh, medicine from the house. She had an asthma attack Friday night, wasn't given her meds until Monday. Nice. Just welcome to federal prison. That's the latest from Elaine Brown. 800-259-9231. What are your thoughts? This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there, totally free, so enjoy those, including... The Shrine of Female Listeners, dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove that they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com to see what it's all about. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows that the way you treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call. And they have the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com. 
Do business with businesses that support FTL. 1-800-259-9231. You bring up anything? We uh, talked about the, the Browns and the update on their situation. They uh, Ed, Elaine also went on in her uh, in her letter to talk about how she's been treated okay, uh, but Ed has has definitely not. Uh, he's been. It's easier to uh, you know rough up and treat poorly a guy yeah. than as a woman. And really, the most the most I thought the most fascinating part and the most disgusting, despicable part was a really you know a look inside how these people operate. I mean, their job is to befriend. To uh, to gain confidence, and then at the the moment you least expect it, turn the pizza tables on. Pizza and beer. You. Yeah, pizza and beer, in the middle of a little pizza party. <laughs> they uh, <laughs> at least he was nice enough to let them eat a little something before they went to jail. I guess they violent, It was just easier. They violently uh, took down Ed and Elaine Brown, and now they're going to be in a jail cell for at least a number of years. And it's just absolutely tragic. These are people that have never harmed anybody. And now the taxpayers, those who are still paying taxes, are going to be paying to keep these people in jail. It's just disgusting. But I want to talk more about taxes because I've got a few emails that tie in here. So we'll get into that. And also, I uh, suggested that people stop obeying the federal government last night. And somebody emailed me very upset about that statement. We'll get to that. But first, your phone calls. Let's go to Scott, who's in Winnipeg. Scott, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hello, guys. How are you doing tonight? What's on your mind, Scott? I just posted a story to the BBS. Um, I haven't heard a lot about it. On February 14th, Canada and the U.S. signed a mutual military aid pact, which states that either nation can send troops across each other's borders during that emergency. Yikes. Yeah, so your, your next you know, Hurricane Katrina could be Canadian troops taking your guns away instead oh, of American no. troops. Oh, no. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's so awful. It's on the BBS if people want to check it out. It's from a legit news source. This is one of those things that uh, that, that governments around the world historically have done uh, to to disconnect people, the people of the country, from the people that are uh, running the military. In that if you ask Americans to take Americans' guns, there's a chance they might say no because they might be, for instance, uh, taking guns from their family members or friends. Uh, but if you've got a for, you know people from a foreign country coming in, they are more likely to, to follow those orders. They're more likely to uh, obey bad laws or, or bad orders. And so it puts our, our liberty even in ever more jeopardy. And I know they're just the Canadians, so they probably have similar value sets as we do. But uh, they're, nonetheless, that still remains a factor. And it would be a, a foreign nation, you know, policing your – like Canada doesn't have uh, the same law where they can't be used as police. Uh, Canadian forces are allowed to do that in Canada. So I don't know if they're in the States. Are they acting under American authority, Canadian authority, and vice versa? I don't know. Yeah, that's a it's, The article point. isn't very clear, so it doesn't really say what that is. But this Scary was done. Stuff. It, it's hardly covered at all in Canada. It's very quietly done. It was not announced or anything like that. So it can be vice versa. So American troops can now be used in Canada. Canadian troops can now be used in America. Yes. Under, you know, they're saying it was, if it's an emergency. But, you know... Whatever. They can they declare can an emergency whenever they emergency. feel like it. Sure. Exactly. It can be anything. It can be like, oh, we're running out of sand. I don't know. Yeah. It, it could be anything, and then here they come. Well, another natural disaster. That's always a perfect excuse, apparently. Now, if uh, there's a flood somewhere, it's an emergency, so time to bring in the Canadian troops. And then, you know, as you, as you mentioned, Hurricane Katrina, the American troops apparently had no problem confiscating people's guns. So... Uh, I, I doubt the Canadian troops will ha- will have much of a problem, though I understand that... Uh, that They'll actually, feel even less of a connection to American yeah, citizens. Yeah, that's than, the problem, and that's exactly why they're doing this, Julia. Yeah. So, pretty disgusting. Thanks for bringing that up, Scott. Anything else on your mind? 
That's it, guys. Have a good night. Thanks for the call, dude. 800-259-9231. Mark, pretty silent on that one. How do you feel about it? Well, um, I've, I did hear that the Canadian troops were in the United States, and I don't think it's a great thing. Um, but, you know, what are we going to do? You know, what are we going to do in this particular <laughs> It's a great question, and I, I can I, only go back to what I suggested last night, and that is disobey and join the Free State Project. Get together with like-minded people and make a stand for liberty. Now, I'm not talking about violence. I'm talking about nonviolent solutions. Uh, including civil disobedience, and the people here in the Free State Project are really making headway in the world of politics as well, which and is well un- thought unusual. Out, well thought out disobedience, um, you know, not just disobey at every turn, but, you know, disobey yeah. where it makes sense to disobey. Well, I had an email come in today from Jay. He says, Ian, why do you tell others constantly to stop obeying the government, but then go on to obey them, and every single time you air the show? I hear you say, anything goes on FTL as long as you stay FCC-friendly. Isn't that obeying the government? So everyone should stop obeying the government, but you're exempt because your precious radio show would be shut down if you didn't. I suggest you get down off your high horse and quit telling people to disobey the government when doing so will certainly cause them personal harm. You tell people to stop being frightened by these thugs and stop obeying, well, you should take your own advice. As you so often say, nothing will change unless you stop obeying. So, Ian, start being the change you want to see. Now, Jay, I don't know how long you've been listening, but I believe you've emailed me a few times, so I believe you've been listening long enough to know that I don't obey the government in every diktat that uh, that they order. As a matter of fact, uh, when it comes to why I'm a, uh, producing an FCC-friendly show, it's because I can't disobey with other people's assets. I can't put a radio station owner's license on the line just so I can disobey the government. I can disobey when it's my butt that's on the line. If it's my livelihood that's on the line, I can disobey, and I do. And I'll go into a couple of the areas where I, where I do disobey. But when you're talking about my radio show and getting it on radio stations across the air, if we had people calling in going F this and F that, those stations would pull it's us. one night. That's it. Right. Whether the, whether the FCC got wind of that or not, if the stations got wind of that, we'd be done. And then we'd have zero stations instead of 30-plus stations. Right. Okay. So the message of liberty wouldn't get anywhere. And right. it, so that's, that's pointless. Now, so, I, I, I did, I did uh, uh, correspond with Mr. Cranfield. I got CC'd on this, and I, was, uh, I, I immediately jumped to your aid, my friend, which wow. is rare. <laughs> because, you know, any, any uh, legitimate reason to disagree, disagree with you, I will do it, just on principle. Sure. So I this said, one is not. I said to Jay, uh, I can understand the sentiment with which you write, but I think you're mistaken on this one. Yes, Ian says to stop obeying, but he also says not to be violent. Why does he say that? Because violence is stupid and result in things contrary to your goal. Ian doesn't pay income taxes. I don't pay Social Security. What I don't will pay res- Social Security either. Right, that's true. What will, uh, the result, um, what will that result in? Hopefully, we'll get others to do the same, same and starve the beast. What will cussing on the air result in? We'll get taken off the air. That's it. End of story. Right. Ian then no is, one hears freedom, the freedom message. Ian is the change he wants to see. Now, Jay came back with a different, uh, you know, with, with sort of really outlining what he would like to see. He says, my point is this. Ian should stop constantly telling people to disobey. He should tell them what they can and what they, um, what they can, when they can, in a strategic manner that works in the context of their life. Well, wait is, a minute. I don't know what works for their life. And what I've said sure. to people, what I have said to people is you should do what's right for you. We, we have are, said that, but you don't, he don't uh, true enough, and he'll go on to say this, is um, 
let, let me finish up with what he said right. before you jump in. Um, which Ian does in his own life. He seems so abolitionist uh, uh, about it all the time. And he went on and on about um, it yesterday in yesterday's show and didn't one time caveat his statement with, well, do what works for you. And I think that to some extent, that's my role in the show is to make sure that, uh, you know, you uh, get your, uh, you know, that, that the point is uh, honed in and that, you know, uh, it, it's obvious to people because I can see where he's coming from on this one. Now that I got the second email from him, I get the point. The first one, vitriolic, didn't yeah. make any point if at all. If you want to get all uppity because I don't cover every single base every single time we talk about something, then that's fine. But the fact is, more often than not, those caveats are thrown in. And we do talk about how, for some people, it's just not the right time. And I've said, if you need to fly under the radar, fly under the radar until it's the right time for you to come up and participate openly. We'll come back and discuss this more. 800-259-9231. Your thoughts as well. What's your status? Are you under the radar? Are you disobeying? Are you joining the Free State Project? Tell us your story. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live, your show. Bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, and those, by the way, uh, features include all kinds of things, from live streaming to archives to the wiki. We give it all away. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, then shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Entering Amazon through that link will result in Free Talk Live getting a percentage of the sale. Uh, so Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com is the place to, sh- uh, to start your shopping experience. You can order in over 41 categories of products. Uh, you can get all kinds of different things from furniture to food to electronics to books. It's all there. And great prices already. The brands you're familiar with, Free Talk Live gets a cut. If you start at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. By the way, just as a reminder... That does include our many of our international listeners. Uh, Amazon doesn't have uh, iterations in every country of the world, but those of you who are in Germany or Canada, uh, also the UK, you can participate uh, via this program. And they do. Yep. So the Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com link should automatically forward you to where you need to go. All right, 800-259-9231. Uh, talking about an email that came in crit- criticizing what I said on the air last night. Uh, because I had made the, the suggestion, and we were asking, we we're talking about solutions to the problem. You know, this government is out of control. Government is gone. You know, this government is just nutso, uh, running roughshod over your freedoms. What can one do? And so, naturally, I'm going to suggest what I believe to be the best possible option. Now, it's not the best possible option for everyone at that very moment, but I think inevitably it is. I think, you know, down the line... It's, it's a big umbrella option that works. People should work towards this. And I, I also understand that not everybody can or they have op, you know, obligations, family obligations or work obligations that they feel are very important and they need to, to work towards where they are. That's fine. You should do whatever's right for you, but that's not going to stop me from making these suggestions. And uh, so I suggested that people that want to see a change get active, specifically join the Free State Project, get together with other people that believe the same as you do, move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, get active there. Well, we have some strength. Fly out from under the radar when the time is right for you and uh, engage in civil disobedience. Uh, th- that's my personal uh, favorite path. But people are also doing politics and, you know, they think that's the best way to do things. So by all means, I would never tell them to not do what they think is best. And I would never tell someone to not do what they think uh, what they think is wrong or to not do what they think is right. What 
to do what they do what you want and do what you think feels right. Uh, but but Jay here is saying that well I'm hypocritical because I uh, don't just do whatever just I want on my every, radio in show. every instance. Right, right. I'm not saying that. That's that would be insane. I mean, there's so there's a lot that you have to do to fly under the radar to to a certain extent, so you can disobey in more important areas. And I believe that disobeying the federal government right now is more important than disobeying state and local governments personally. Although I'm disobeying the local government, I'll tell you about that in a moment. But uh, but putting a radio station, you have to understand, Jay, these radio station owners, they are obeying the government. He they, does understand. He absolutely understands. And his second email really made it clear that what he was upset about was the uh, the, the, the sweeping statements that you were making as opposed to um, and, and not being entirely clear like you are now. And that's what he wanted to, to point out. Now, the first email, admittedly, the one you read on the air, yes, that's it. Sounded you know, it, it sounded like what he was proposing was insanity. But in the yeah. second one, he uh, it, it was obvious he was at argument uh, argumentum absurdium or whatever that is. He was uh, you know pointing out that you know you weren't you weren't caveating what you were saying. Which, I, as I know, recall, I caveated, my, but you know, if you want I a defense, if you want a defense for that, Jay. Try doing a live radio show and see if you manage yeah. to get everything every time. Exactly. Uh, you know. I remember caveating something, but maybe I didn't. You know, I don't know. It, we talk about this stuff so often. He Eventually, says, we will hit on it. Right, and that's the other difficult part is um, in radio, we, we, we do often say some of those same messages, um, you know, again and again. And therefore, you don't know what you've mentioned every single time. Yeah, it's not like we're sitting here with a checklist of, okay, need to mention this, need to mention that. Thank God. It would be really boring then. And Ian is sometimes pretty snotty about the Free State Project. What's that have to do with anything? I'm just saying that you are hypocritical sometimes. What do you mean? I've heard you go off and... On the radio and in person about how people should join the Free State Project, should do this, and then at the same time you always say people should do what's right for them. I think that you do. Well, there's a difference between making a recommendation and then saying, well, you should do what's right for you. And don't take this personally. I'm not insulting you, but sometimes you do sort of have this. I'm a little bit better because the Free State Project's the best way, and you guys should join it. Otherwise, you're not as liberty as me. Well, I I think that I I think that Ian has uh, yes I I would agree with what you're saying. Um, but I think that he also he has room to be um you know somewhat self righteous. He does. Just about everything he's. I mean, I, he does everything right. he says, Ian and just about his anything life anyone to liberty. Do, right. There well, is no minute, doubt Julia. about it. I've only said that about people that absolutely believe the the people that claim that liberty is the end all be all. The people that claim to be liberty activists and the, you know that uh, that's what I when I when I say things like I think the Free State Project is the best option and you're you know you're making a mistake staying where you are. That's the viewpoint I have for people that claim that liberty is what they want because I don't believe they're going to get liberty. Staying where they are. If you're just talking about somebody who likes freedom a little bit, I'm not talking to those people when I when I make those. Okay, suggestions. well you never you don't I, generally make that clarification. I am. I'm I'm extolling those people to get off their butts and do something. Right. I mean, well, wouldn't, I that be, underst- wouldn't that be Mark basically saying he's better because he's done something and they haven't? No, I think it's it's partly the tone in your voice. You're getting it right now. <laughs> uh, like you just sort of get this like you get really worked up about the free state project and it being the best way and it just I can understand how it would come off to some people as you are being on a uh, you're on a high horse. Uh, I'm sorry, but I can I can see that point of view. You know, and I can see self-righteousness turning some people off, but also... Um, I'm not li- saying there's anything right. wrong with I'm it. Also yeah, I really could care less. You know, working around Ian, um, you know, like I do, 
I can't find too many chinks in his armor, and I try really hard. Yeah. So he has good reason to be self-righteous. Right. And, and, and I've sat here on the air, and I've said, if you've got a better solution, please call in and present it. I think the Free State Project is the best solution. So, of course, I'm emotionally attached to it, and, of course, I am uh, very vehement about it. But I'm also open-minded. Please, you've got a better idea as to how to make a change, how to achieve liberty in our lifetime across the United States? you got a magic bullet? Call in at 800-259-9231 and prove that we're wrong about this. Otherwise, all of the evidence backs me up on this. The fact is, the Free State Project early movers, even though there's only been a few hundred of them, have done more in three years' time than the rest of the entire libertarian movement. All of the think tanks put together, they've done more boots-on-the-ground activism. I'm not talking about putting out papers like the think tanks, for instance. I'm talking about real activism. They've done more of it than anything uh, in the history of this, uh, th- this movement. And I would, I'd love to be proven wrong. I was just saying that I can understand from some if somebody who's never, for example, really thought about liberty, hears you going off on one of your tangents, I understand where they're coming from, how they perceive it. That's all sure. I'm saying. I, and I understand where they're coming from, too. So get with the program. 800-259-9231. All right. So, uh, so somebody else emails in here in, the, in relation to this tax issue says, as we were talking about Ed and Elaine Brown, he says, guys, I enjoy your show. And Ian, I've also wondered about the boldness you have to broadcast the fact you don't pay federal taxes. Aren't you worried you'll end up like the Browns? Also, I've wondered what you would do if you ever experienced financial difficulties. And then he goes on to a different question. But about the uh, the boldness of uh, admitting that I don't pay taxes, it, it goes back to what um, we were talking about before. I can't sit here on the radio right. and mean, say you should do this, but me not, not doing it myself. I, I, I totally agree. Now, um, you know, I, if, if somebody wants to point fingers, they can point them at me. I pay income tax, or at least I file. I don't pay very much simply because, well, you know, you've got investments and businesses. You can make write-offs and, and that kind of thing. There'll be a, there'll be a point in time when uh, stuff like that changes, but right now Free Talk Live isn't exactly making, you know, truckloads of full of money. Mm. Um, but, uh, you know, at some point, that's going to change. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they can point at me, but, you know, the, the I, I, I got to say, you know, it makes you do, you live what you say. You don't pay taxes and refuse to, to bow to uh, the state because, well, you've never signed a contract with them and don't feel any reason to. I, I see them as a strange group of people sending me invoices that I have to fill out and complete, uh, you know, by penalties of threatening violence on me. And I don't appreciate that. I don't want their services. Uh, so I'm, I'm just doing as I say. And that's what Gandhi said, right? Be the change you want to see in the world. I believe Jay, uh, Jay who emailed earlier, referenced, uh, referenced that quote. And I believe that's so important. You, you have to do what you believe uh, if you want to see changes happen. And I, I encourage others to join on board because the more people do it, the stronger we will become. Um, I have uh, grown to be good friends with uh, Lauren Canario's husband, Jim Johnson. Yes. Um, it, mainly because he's helping me a lot. But you know, Lauren, he, who's a civil disobedience superstar mm-hmm. here in New Hampshire. Jim, not so much. Um, you know, that's, that's not his, his support. Gig. Yeah, he's, he's not, so, not, not, not so much his gig. He... Uh, but I was speaking to him, and you know, he said, "Well, who do you want as your friend?" The guy was kind of saying how ludicrous it is this whole not paying taxes thing and not, you know, flying under the radar of the government. He's like, "Who do you want as your friend? The person that's willing to make compromises in their soul for who, for what it is they believe, or the person who isn't? The person who's willing to stand up for what's right every time." 
We will come back with more. Hour 2 is on the way. You can take control of the airwaves, continue this discussion, and talk to you about whatever you want. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number two, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. I'm going to continue here in a little bit talking about uh, not paying income taxes and being honest about it because somebody had emailed in asking, how do you get away with that, Ian? Uh, and, uh, Mark, you also uh, don't pay Social Security taxes, and you're getting away with it as well. Uh, we'll talk well, more about that. From what I can tell, there's no law. Uh, whatever. I don't care if there is a law. Uh, we'll get back to that. But first, I'm going to go to the phone calls. People have been waiting patiently. Let's start with the ladies. It's Nanette in Texas. You're on Free Talk Live, Nanette. Hi. How are you doing? Great. What's on your mind tonight? Um, well, you know, I'm one of those, two that... Um, thinks that we ought to be free and follow our Constitution. And uh, I recently had a Ron Paul house painting party and painted my house Ron Paul. Good heavens. We <laughs> had, yeah, we had Granny Warrior come down, and uh, they broadcasted uh, Ron Paul Roadshow live all week. We videoed it. We put it on YouTube. And wow. uh, to, yesterday I got a letter from my mortgage company. And they are have informed me that I have until March 17th to repaint my home, or um, they will foreclose on me. What? And they'll foreclose. Mind, they'll foreclose. Did you read? Did you happen to read through your mortgage and see that there is um, some clause that says that you can't paint your house uh, in some manner? I do have deed restrictions, and what ah. they actually say is you can't have paint colors unharmonious with the neighborhood. Now, I really? live in an older mobile home development in a double-wide mobile home, mm -hmm. and this is the kind of place where we have broken-down porches and trash in the yard. So if you'd have written Ron Paul out of rust, it would have been okay. <laughs> well, I think I'd have been better off. I might have fit better with the community if I'd have put a cockfight up on the side of the house. There you go. Nice. <laughs> so, wait, yeah. now, so how does your mortgage tie into the deed restrictions? How does that work? I'm not familiar yeah. with that. Well, it would be yeah, a, 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 exactly. most mortgages. How would does say, that work? I would see that. I can see that a mortgager wouldn't want you to have uh, liens on your house from the uh, the community, so therefore wants you to uh, to uh, stick to the deed restrictions. I'm not sure. Okay. It's obvious the restrictions in your community aren't that uh, strenuous. If you're saying there's broken down right. porches and that kind of thing, so right. I don't know. Right, and then to top it off, you know, this wasn't a shabby job. You can go see it on on YouTube. What does one search um, for if one wants to? House painting party. Paul House Painting Party, okay. Yeah, and uh, it's a, it says time-lapsed first edit or something like that. Yeah, sure. And we had a professional mural artist come in here. Oh, wow. And do this job. So Those usually look very, very nice, the murals that you see oh, on the sides of buildings. it's gorgeous. We don't want to paint over it. You know, we originally did this because we were in the middle of a remodel. And, um, you know, we ended up here after Rita, not by choice. Mm. Um, and and without FEMA aid, bought this on our own, and um, so you know we had to fix it up, 
And we decided, well, since we have to paint the outside, we might as well paint it Ron Paul until the election. We can yeah, paint over not? Ron Paul as easy as we can paint over what's on it. Sure, sure. So that was our plan. And so we put out the word to the revolutionaries, and they came to our aid. We got, you know, some recycled paint, a colored blind artist. <laughs> it was beautiful. But, I wow. mean, he did this fabulous job. We had friends come and help us. And, and uh, you know, we made the local papers. and Neat. Um, yeah, it, it was just a really great experience, and it's a gorgeous. It is gorgeous a gorgeous. It, it is a gorgeous looking, job. You're looking at the video right now, Mark. Yeah, I don't. I don't see. I I can't tell from the video that you're that um you know the neighborhood's as bad as you claim. It certainly looks like a fine. No, you house. can't tell from there. It looks like yeah, a fine house and a fine neighborhood, and um, it's really well, you can't a great tell job. From my yard. No, <laughs> no. Are you behind on payments at all? I mean, you you're not at all. No, that doesn't I'm, make sense uh, to me. As a matter of fact, on my mortgage and my homeowners, and both of those companies have told. Me, I'm one of the few that pay on time. But, and, now, but now, hold on a second, Mark. This this doesn't make any financial sense at all. I mean, if the client is on, uh, if the the loan client is on time with her payments and up to date, then they're throwing away their interest payments by foreclosing on the house, right? The future and, interest payments. Yeah. Yes, they would be. Yeah, except for it may be worth more now, and they can just sell it to somebody else. That doesn't seem likely, though. I mean, it doesn't. Not in this market that we have, at least I, around I think the country. That, I think that mostly what you their know, motivation is is that they're scared that uh, you're going to have problems uh, from it or something like that. Maybe. I'm just assuming that uh, they're doing the right thing. This is a beautiful paint job. When is your deadline here uh, on this, Nanette? When do they want you to paint it back by? March 17th. That's not a lot of time. Uh, is there any yeah, way to no, appeal the process, or it's like, that's it, decision is done, and that's what they're going to do? I, I don't know. Uh, I, I've tried to call a couple of attorneys. I haven't had any great success. Um, mm. I mean, I'd really like to be able to call out to the revolution, uh, the revolutionaries out there that, um, you know, if there is anybody who can help us or advise How do people us, get in touch with you? Certainly welcome to help. Do you have an email address? How do people get in touch? Um, they can call me directly at 713 all right. Well, if you have any suggestions well, for Nanette, that would be put, uh, the way put to it go. on our I, Nanette. I would suggest you go to our BBS and put it on there. Um, you know, your contact information there too, because uh, people often go there to uh, find out. Um, you know, the information that uh, you know they've heard on the air. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. And uh, Mark, did you have any other thoughts? Well, this is it's it's a really great job, and I'm just amazed. What's the name of the mortgage company, Nanette? Yeah, good idea. It's White Oak Developers White in Oak? Conroe, Texas. Ah, I see. Maybe it's it's a smaller one, so they're uh, more concerned. I don't know. Very. It's it's so odd. That what if they you would... transfer the mortgage? Is that an option? Can you? Uh, yeah, you probably someone... sell it. Of course, there'll be a transaction fees at that point, and uh, yeah, I think that I think... right. I'm going to have to pay for closing. So either way it goes, I have to pay for repainting. Right. I have to pay for a new closing. In which case, I still have to fight the homeowners association. That's sad. Yeah. Um. And or you know. I maybe mean, the mortgage way, company is maybe the mortgage company is so small that uh, they're picking on her because they paid attention, they found out about the news, and mm-hmm. they got very upset. Whereas if you were with a bigger company like HSBC or Bank of America, that they would it wouldn't even shown up on their radar. Yeah, uh, Nanette, best of luck. Let us know how this turns out, and thank you for the call tonight. We appreciate it. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The mortgage company just stepped right in and said, "No, no, Nanette." It's awful. <clears throat> what a disgusting story. And you're saying it looks beautiful. 
it, it really is a great job. I mean, the the shutters are done each with four stars on them. Uh, this isn't somebody just took you know uh, got got out there and painted uh, Ron Paul yeah. on the side of their house with a <laughs> with a brush or something. This is a it's elaborate. Yeah, this is a a mural. It's it's very interesting. It fades from very pale white um, light blue to a, a darker blue on the top. I mean, this is this wow. is a great paint job. And it's a beautiful home. What a tragic story. And what story. she says is it's in a crappy neighborhood. I mean, it, it, all it does is... You're increasing the property increase value. Increase the value. Yeah. Well, I don't know that it necessarily... What if they just painted over the Ron Paul part and left the stars and stuff? Would they still object at that point? Probably not. Um, you know, and That it, would really reveal this for what it is. And I, that's a political attack. Yeah, it's it's irritating. And I don't think that the mortgage company would take too many steps if she held out for a little while. I don't know why she wants to hold out. Um, you know, I guess, well, March 17th, I... The, the, the election won't be anywhere near over at that point. Um, but she should be able to keep it as long as she wants, as far as I'm concerned. This is outrageous. I hope somebody can uh, give her a suggestion as to what to do in this case. Let's continue with your phone calls and talk to John in California. John, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, how's it going? Great. Good. What's on your mind? <laughs> uh, well, I, uh, so I was hoping to get your guys' advice on a particular situation. Sure. Uh, back in November... Uh, uh, late at night, my dogs, I got a couple of bigger dogs, they ended up getting into a little scuffle. Uh-oh. I got just a little territorial deal, I guess. We got an older one, a younger one, they were, I don't know. It just got into it. So I woke up, I separated them in the process. I got nipped by uh, the older one right mm. on the top of the lip. Oh. Yeah, it was uh, not too bad. Yeah, but it, yeah, it, it wasn't too bad, but it was uh, gushing a little blood. Yeah. I, I didn't want to go to the doctors that night, so I just said, uh, I'll just go to the, I'll just go tomorrow, so... Uh, the next day, I go into the, the the hospital. You know, I'm I'm a little bit ignorant when it comes down to medical procedures and whatever. You know, I, I never really go to the doctor, so I go in there, and uh, I says, you know, I think I I might need a stitch on my lip. You know, uh, they ended up uh, saying, all right, well, have a seat. We'll have someone take a look at you. Uh, you know, they they take a look at me. Said, the doctor says, yeah, uh, looks like you need a stitch. I said, yeah, that's pretty much what I figured. And you, know? you were paying cash, right? Well, I, actually, I have, an, I have insurance through my, uh, uh, where I work. We'll get to your issue here in a moment. Bring it back, all right? Hang on. 800-259-9231. We'll find out what all this is about, because apparently there was an issue with the, uh, the visit to the hospital. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are for free, including the archive. So if you've missed a moment of the show, just go and download them right there on the front page. In fact, we've got a new feature uh, that I announced via the updates list today. It was by request, as a matter of fact, and apparently it wasn't that hard to do, so uh, thanks to Johnson, our store manager, for putting this together. If you look in the upper left-hand corner of the website at freetalklive.com, there's a handy little link, a quick link to the latest show. And it's a permanent link, so it's uh, it's always the same. It won't change like our show links do. Our show links change based on the day, because mm-hmm. the day changes and we have to change the, na- the uh, title of the show. Uh, but this one, you can put it, for instance, on your blog if you've got a blog and you want to put a link to Free Talk Live's latest show, it will always be the latest show from Free Talk Live. You just put this one link there, and it works. Will it play the show on your blog um, when people come on, like it does on you know some websites that make audio, or will it? Uh, I don't just... know. I bet there'd probably be a way to plug it into where you could have it play, but it will definitely download it. That much is for sure. So mm. it's kind of a neat new feature, and uh, again, free archives, freetalklive.com. 
How would you like to lose up to 25 pounds in just nine days without permanently changing your diet? Well, check out this amazing doctor-recommended cleanse. Go to ftldiscount.com, read some real testimonials, and find out how to order. That's ftldiscount.com. Back to the phones and back to John in California. Now, John, your dogs had gotten into a fight. You broke it up in the process. One of them bit you on the lip. The next day, you went to the hospital, and uh, that's where you, uh, you're going to pick up the story. They uh, said you would need a stitch. Go ahead, yeah. sir. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> like I suspected, I... I Figured, hey, I just need a stitch to close it up, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. No big deal. Uh, actually, I forgot to tell you the part where uh, the lady says, "How does this happen? Uh, how did this happen?" Uh, you know, uh, me being an honest person, I told her. She says, "Oh, well, we need to fill out these forms." Uh, I immediately said, "What well, am I going to get a bureaucrat knocking on my door?" Oh no, that won't happen. Yeah, sure enough, the animal control came over. But that's another oh, story. Anyway, <laughs> we dealt with that. But at any rate, uh, so I get the stitch. I get a prescription. I'm out of there after, you know, waiting forever for this jerk doctor, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I can't call him a jerk. He hooked me up with some uh, with some codeine, so whatever. Hey, <laughs> I don't need those, but anyways. Uh, so, I, you know, a couple weeks go by. And, I'm, you know, I'm thinking, yeah, it should be no problem. It's just one stitch. You know, no big deal. Insurance should cover it. Um, actually, I didn't even realize what, what insurance I had, and so I, that was my dumb fault. I didn't, you know, pay attention to what I... I filled out at work hmm. and uh, apparently my insurance covers 80% of whatever and I got to pay like a $250 deductible uh, right. you know I didn't pay attention that's my dumb fault so um, but I get this bill a couple weeks later it shows that uh, that the entire bill was was for 1400 and some odd dollars gosh for, for one, one stitch? stitch how long for were one... you there I was there for like an hour. And see, this is wow. the deal. This, this is why I'm so upset it's because, you know, I didn't know where to go. I, I just go to the hospital thinking, you know, I'm going to get care. That's all. I, I just need yep. a stitch. You know, uh, I don't know any better. I've been dealing with uh, the hospital recently. My wife is pregnant. And, um, you know, they, they, they have this system where they just, the people that are giving the care don't even know how much things, are, um, things cost. So even if you had said, hey, how much is this stitch going to cost? Yeah. Then, um, we'll you, get back to you. Yeah. They, 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 well, they'll not even get back to you. They'll just say, you know, at this hospital, it's like, I don't know. No wow. idea. Um, they recommended a test for my wife um, so that we wouldn't have to take this other test that they believed to be more expensive. In fact, the <laughs> test that they recommended was twice as much as the other test. Oh my goodness! So um, you know, and, and you're going to get your money less, back, right? Less accurate. Well, I didn't. I haven't paid in, and I'm going to dispute it. I'm just going to say no. You, I, I feel that I was misled. Wow. And see, that's the thing, you know, because um, I, I asked them. I says, "Why is this so high?" They says. Oh, well, it's because you went to the emergency room. I says, is there any other room to go to? No. Well, then what, what am I supposed to do? You know, I feel like this is a scam. This is like some sort of, you know, this operation. I mean, this is, seems like a fraudulent deal. And I don't know if there's any, any place to go, anybody to turn to to, to help in my favor. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I disputed that. I said, this is just garbage. I don't want to have to pay for it. You know, well, I, I have to pay for the deductible, which I feel like I'm responsible for. But, you know, but then there's like the, the, the extra 20% that I'm also responsible for. Or, you mm-hmm. know that the insurance didn't pay for as well. Mm-hmm. So another three hundred bucks on top then. Well, it's uh, yeah, it's it's actually just about four hundred bucks. It's three ninety seven or something okay. like that. But I'm just thinking, you know, it's just a you know, first of all, this is a scam. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, I like I said, I, I do feel responsible for the the deductible and what I'm, you know, my my you know, negligence of what insurance coverage I have. But I mean, it's just the the the. the 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 rest of it it just doesn't seem right and I just you know I almost want to you know if there's a way to like 
get you know get back at the hospital kind of thing. But right now, I mean, I mean, they're they're like it's I'm the already, system, uh, man. I mean, it's like that everywhere. Yeah. And the reason why is because the hospitals are are burdened with uh, increased costs because of all the Medicare patients and the government mm-hmm. money that they've got passing through their hands. And the fact is, the government in many cases doesn't pay enough for the jobs that they're having done. Uh, so they have to make up that money elsewhere. And the, the way they, one of the ways they do that is by charging their cash payers or by charging other people more than charging the insurance companies more. And it's like you said, Mark, they don't know what the costs are because nobody's going into the hospital these days asking for costs. And actually, John Stossel talks about this in Sick in America where he points out that if we had a more consumer-driven uh, medical industry, if people were going in asking for prices on uh, operations and asking for prices on procedures in advance of actually purchasing them and then shopping around and getting the best price, then more prices would be no, would be uh, aw- we'd be more aware of prices and the prices would come down because of you know a little bit more competition because these guys would know that you could just go somewhere else. Uh, of course, unfortunately, in many cases, there's only one hospital in the area, so you don't really have uh, necessarily another option to go to. So increased competition would do a lot to really lower prices, but then again, you've got government regulating the industry so strict, and it's just under such control by the state. It's very, it's got to be very difficult to build a new hospital, to uh, to to go out there on that limb and and make those investments, especially when you know you're going to have to jump through all kinds of government hoops. And the, just the whole healthcare industry is in such a mess. And we could go on for an entire show about all the things that are wrong with uh, with the healthcare industry, and it all stems back and all originates from. Government government involvement in the healthcare business it's government true. regulation government control and uh, you know all you can really do in this case is what I think what you're doing is dispute it like you're doing Mark right you're just saying look you know this isn't right I'm not going to pay that there or- was a time when uh, you know the the more money you made the higher and and still the, the, this way but uh, and at one point it was even up to 90% was the income tax bracket so the more money you made the more you get taxed on it well a way that an employer could um, entice people more to come to their job was to offer uh, is to offer uh, health care benefits which they don't get taxed on in the same manner essentially you you know they 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 can transmit a hundred percent of the dollars to the employee in that way whereas you know under our current system maybe 40 60 uh, percent of the employee uh, money goes to the employee so it, it we it's it's the tax system that really stifles health care in this country it's that and also the fact that so many people feel like they have to have insurance for all these little things. Having insurance for big things makes sense, mm-hmm. but having insurance to cover you know, the sniffles uh, is just ludicrous, and it means that the insurance companies are going to get billed whatever the hospital wants to bill them. Uh, you know, because people aren't asking for prices when yeah. they go in to get this coverage. So if more people didn't have insurance for little operations like you got then there would be a lot more people asking for prices, and that would drive down prices overall. And if they would allow people, um, you know, this licensing situation, if they would allow somebody to uh, go ahead and have uh, given you a uh, stitch without oh, yeah. dental floss legally, then it uh, wouldn't have been a problem. Right. Or if I they, just stopped going to doctors at this point in time. doesn't matter what's idea. wrong with me. I just don't want to pay for it. Thank you for the call tonight, dude, and uh, good luck with your bill. More on the way. You can take control. Bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. 
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number for you is 800-259-9231. Single CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. The features there we give away, including the wiki, over 1,500 pages created by listeners like you. You can go to the wiki and edit virtually anything that you see. WIKI.freetalklive.com is like the listener editable version of our website. That's wiki.freetalklive.com. Plus, the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival is better known as Porkfest. It's happening June 9th through the 15th at Porkfest. You'll be able to discover the outdoor and recreational adventures that New Hampshire has to offer, as well as see firsthand why it's one of the country's best places to live. Discover new freedoms, new communities, and new beginnings. Register today at porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. 800-259-9231. Back to your phone calls. Let's talk to Neil in Michigan. Neil, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Oh, hey, I was uh, watching you guys on RonPaulRadio.com, and oh, uh, I heard your last call, and um, uh, I've actually had an experience with that myself. Um, I had a uh, a cut on my hand. I had gotten stabbed in the hand. And, oh, um, geez. What were you doing? Bar fight? Uh, rough neighborhood. Um, <laughs> gotcha. Good Lord. <laughs> but anyway, uh, you know, they stitched it up, and um, basically uh, the situation was I went there, and I got it stitched up, and... Uh, then they sent me a bill for $600, and I was like, what the heck? You know, and then, like, so they, of course, tried to collect the bill, and they call me, and um, I asked them, you know, how the heck is the $600? And they said, would you like an itemized bill? And I said, sure. So they sent me the itemized bill, <laughs> and it turned out that um, they charged me for the entire box of gauze, for the entire bottle of peroxide, uh, for the, you know, how much was the bottle? Of, b- before you go on, how much was the bottle of peroxide? About twenty bucks. Twenty bucks for wow. a, for a twenty five cent bottle of yeah, peroxide. Yeah, next time I'll bring my own along. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you see, these are the these are the things that uh, insurance companies, for some reason or another, just aren't checking for uh, you know, having all these little middlemen to charge you for things. That's how the system has has gotten to be, and it, it's just ridiculous. Well, the insurance companies must know. I mean, they must be aware of this, uh, but they yeah. and it's the people that pay cash that really get screwed. Yeah, exactly. True. I mean, they, they. But the thing is, it's like you know, if you're going to charge me for the whole damn bottle, you know, why don't you send it home with me? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, because they use that same bottle on you know at least six or seven other people at the Easily. very least. You know, and then of course charge each one of them for the entire bottle. And you know, and I remember talking to somebody you know in the medical industry, and I said, why would you ever be able to justify this? And they're like, well, we you know we justify that because you know if it weren't for all of the uh, malpractice lawsuits, you know, then we wouldn't have to pay our high insurance prices. You know, to protect ourselves from are, you know, malpractice lawsuits. You know, there are so many different factors, and, and that's something we didn't mention. I mean, we can't possibly cover them all, but uh, certainly if we had a loser-pays system in the, uh, the the world of the courts in America, that would probably go a long way to lower those costs for the for the hospitals. But it's not just that. That's an easy cop-out for them. It's, it's really all the government rules and regs uh, that are really bringing up the costs. Oh, I believe you. I was just telling you what I was told. Sure. I, I was still, I, I couldn't believe that. So your insurance costs are high, so you're going to charge me for an entire bottle of peroxide that you're going to charge six other people for? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Unless they have but, uh, some absurd rule that says they have to throw away the bottle after they've opened it for some sterilization procedure, but that seems unlikely. I, you know, I've seen them take these bottles and, uh, you know, use them again, so okay. I just don't believe that. Yeah. Well, it, can, it returns back to that, you know, a whole bottle of liquid. If you're going to charge me for the damn thing, give it to me. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you, man. So, what did you end up doing about the uh, bill? Did you pay it full? Uh, actually, no. I just I told them to get stuffed. Basically, uh, um, I eventually talked to uh, because they you know they sell debts nowadays. They sell them to other people, mm-hmm. and then those other people then try to charge you for a debt that isn't theirs. 
Um, and I explained to them the situation, and then, uh, oddly enough, even the debt collector agreed that it was ridiculous, and he never called me back. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't happen every day. But, you know, uh, I think maybe that's also a factor as to why the, the costs are so high. I mean, just a, one of many is that so many people find the costs so outrageous, they just say, screw you, I'm not paying, or they pay the very bare, bare minimum. And so they're hoping to find people inevitably that will help them make up the difference between those that uh, that don't pay and those that do. By, right. by continuing to jack their their costs up, but again, if they were operating in the in the uh, the free marketplace or in a freer marketplace, then costs would be coming down every year instead of going up. It'd be like the technology industry, uh, where you know you they'd be competing for every single dollar that they could possibly get, uh, as opposed to just sitting pretty and being able to charge whatever they want from their high horse. Uh, and it really, it has to do with uh, with government intervention and government increasing costs by regulation. And it was exactly what Mark said before. If you could go to a quickie, you know, a quickie clinic and get some surgeon or somebody who's not a doctor to perform this procedure, because do you remember if it was a doctor that performed it, or did they allow a nurse to do that job? Um, I actually think it was a nurse. Um, oddly enough, so I wasn't even paying for the expensive. Uh... <laughs> The expensive, uh, you know, college-educated person. Well, well, you know, nurses go to college, but still. Usually, it's a practitioner, a physician's assistant, that kind of thing, um, that will uh, do those situations. Uh, you, you never know for sure, but there are some situations where they only allow doctors to do it. In which case, then the supply of potential people to solve your problem is very, very limited, and because of that, uh, prices are going to go up. So, if we had, uh, again, if the the American Medical Association wasn't around restricting supply with government with of course with government pr- approval then we'd have more choices you could go to like a tech you could go to a guy whose job is to stitch that's all he does there could be several people competing for doing stitches and you could pay them you know 50 bucks and get the job done be in and out in an hour i mean that it, it's possible there's no reason why that can't happen besides the regulations and the rules he could have done it on his own with a uh, with a piece of dental <laughs> floss i mean this is not a six uh, you know well actually this is a cut People hand to go to their barbers for that stuff like you know, back in the days of the Wild West, yeah, and you only went to a doctor if it was something serious. Sure. Well, any barber that tried something like that today would get shut down, and yeah, that's definitely. the problem. That's the problem. I mean, and it's funny, actually, as I think about that when I'm like, well, can we actually exist without health care? And then I think back to, like, you know, you watch Little House on the Prairie. There was no health care back then. That doctor just took care of people, and then they worked it out. Yeah, and he didn't have to ask any. Yeah, you're right. He did, and he didn't have to ask anybody's permission to do it either. And right. that's that's the other issue, that everybody has to beg the state for permission in order to help people, in order to help save people's lives and help them feel better. They have to ask the bureaucrats and beg and plead and pay thousands of dollars in uh, in fees and who knows what uh, what the overhead is. Because whenever you talk to somebody in the world of health care, whether they be a nurse or a doctor or just office staff, always I love asking the question of how much of your day is spent doing paperwork? And the, it shocks me sometimes. The doctors themselves, who you'd think would have hired people to do paperwork, they spend an inordinate amount of uh, their day doing paperwork. And some of the people in the office spend 100% of their day outside of their lunch break doing paperwork. That's what their job is. And what right. is the paperwork? It's either insurance paperwork, but most of the time it's government paperwork. It's not healing anyone. Right. It's mandated government busy work in order for them to be dispersed the funds uh, from the uh, the government Medicare programs. So if they didn't have all these people that they had to pay to fill out paperwork, their overhead would be lower, and they could pass those savings on to uh, clients. I know Ron Paul, since you bring him up, was talking at, the, at one point about a doctor who, like him, did not accept Medicare. And that made him all the more flexible, because he didn't take the government money 
then he could run his business the way he wanted to, and he could have lower costs, and he could be more convenient and easier to access, and he himself felt better because he wasn't stressed to the, the hilt uh, because of all this government these government rules that he had to adhere to. So I think one of the easiest solutions would be just doctors. Break away from the, the state money. You'll be able to run your business more effectively if you do that. And that's why we're seeing these quickie clinics popping up that we talked about uh, about a week ago in Walmarts and Targets and, and, uh, and malls where there's no Medicare. They don't take government money. They don't take insurance. It's cash and cash only, and it's a very competitive business with competitive rates, and people are getting the service they're looking for. Thanks they, for the call tonight, dude. We appreciate it. They touched up yeah. on that in John Stossel's video that you mentioned earlier. Sick in America. And uh, from what I understand, there's actually one. I always hear a radio advertisement here in Keene for some sort of doctor who does something like that. And really? he claims that you will be in and out. I mean, lickety-split. You can go in that day, no appointment necessary, and walk out an hour later. That's fantastic. That's his little motto. So There needs to be more of that. Why would anyone want to? I wouldn't want to go to a regular doctor if I had to, one that took insurance. I don't want, you have to wait around forever, and I mean, who wants to be in a waiting room with a bunch of sick people? Yeah, this, it's a, an expensive lesson to learn, though, I can tell you that. The worst part about all this, though, is the fact that the American medical system, the American healthcare system, is so broken. It's so messed up. The customer service is awful. If you're in a hospital, it's a crapshoot as to whether or not you're going to have a nurse who appears to care or a nurse who could give a flip about you. Uh, I mean, it's a total crapshoot. And it, th- it makes sense because it's like 50-50. 50% of the money is being spent by governments. The other 50% by private people and insurance companies. Uh, so if that were to change, if that situation were to change, then we could finally have competition again. And there's more to say, of course. And you can take control and bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there we give away, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, then become an amplifier. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is a simple one. You enjoy Free Talk Live? Send us three bucks a month via any major credit card, PayPal. We've got some alternative options. But what we do is we take that money in and we turn it right back around, reinvest it into the show, reach out to more radio stations. I've got a uh, verbal agreement from a station in Oregon today. I can't be any more specific from that. Uh, besides that until the agreement is actually signed. But we've been in the right direction, as always. Uh, thanks to those of you who are amplifying the show. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. You'll get perks, too, like access to the amp-only call-in line, amp-only chat room forum, uh, also uh, the Shrine of Female listeners that is only for amps. Uh, all of that and the details are at amp.freetalklive.com. Makes a big difference for us and helps spread the message of liberty as far and as wide and as fast as possible. The point I wanted to make uh, about healthcare before we went away there for a moment was that the system right now is so broken, is so messed up, and uh, people perceive that. People in America rightfully are perceiving, and we've heard calls so far this hour pointing this out, that co- health care just costs too damn much, that the service is awful. Uh, if you're going at least to a, a doctor who's taking Medicare payments, they're, they're more likely to be awful service than the guys that are cash only. Uh, and it just seems to be just getting worse, and it is. So what and usually happens is people get 
they get confused by this. Well, and they whenever believe... there's a problem, the first pe- thing that most people think is we have to get the government to fix there this. There ought to be a law. And, and, and you know, and that's the not fact is the, the government solution. is what caused this problem. All you have to do is call in and challenge me. I'll tell you how the government caused this problem in that particular arena. We haven't even it's mentioned lot, the FDA. It's a lot of compounding factors all over the place. Yeah. Um, the, the medical situation isn't something simple and easy that we can just, uh, you know, tell you everything. But we've tried to, men- to drop the names and give you some um, causes uh, here and there. But people just think that the government can fix it, and the government can't fix no. it. Tell me a problem that the government... Here's an easy way to figure it out. Tell me a problem that the government has fixed. <laughs> just one. Give me one problem that the government has fixed. Well, where's my cricket sound effect? I didn't there have isn't it one. Uh, so, yeah, you're absolutely right about that. And the reason why the healthcare industry is in such a dismal state today is because of the level of government involvement. Because of the mandates, because of the regulations, because of the overhead imposed by the government. And when I say overhead, the FDA is a perfect example. Why are prescription medications so expensive? Well, the FDA, of course. Oh, but it's out there keeping us safe from evil chemicals. No, it's not. The FDA's purpose is to prevent other industry, uh, people in, uh, you know, startups, is to prevent young companies that don't have a whole lot of money from coming up with some radical new treatment and bringing it to the marketplace and competing with the industries that have established themselves. The FDA has been captured by those uh, individuals who are at the head of the medical industry, and it is in their interest, in their anti-competitive interest, to just say no to allowing competition. And that's what the FDA very effectively does. It has a uh, multi-hundred million, almost I think it's like a billion dollars, to bring a drug to marketplace. It costs 10. Or, or, it was, we saw 19 years recently as uh, the most recent number. It takes like two decades to get your drug to the marketplace if you can jump through all the FDA I think suits. that the FDA was created to do what, um, what it is, is to protect American people. However, who's got more money and more influence? The pharmaceutical companies out there that want to stifle competition in their arena so that they can make more money? Mm-hmm. Or the American people? Well... I think everybody knows the answer to that. Right. So you can't F- fix any kind of government situation. Anytime you put an organization out there, um, that it's, it's going to be the money and the interest that gets a hold of it. You simply, you know, by creating this, this entity, you can't watch over it because you're busy making money and having a life. Whereas it's the organizations that make money in that industry, they're the ones that are going to get a hold of this club. Johnny on the spot. Every single time. Anytime you make the club, and a government is only a club. Every time you make a club in a particular area, the people that make the money, the people that have the influence, they're going to pick up the club, and they're going to use it on you. There's no exception, whether it be the FDA or whether it be your local plumber's regulation board. Mm -hmm. It's all the same. The problem, though, with the FDA is that it's your life that's on the line, not just the pipes in your house. I mean, it's all bad, and all of this regulation needs to go away and be replaced. There's a solution here. Be replaced by third-party voluntary certification alternatives. You want to take a drug? It's your body. You should be able to choose. Sort of like the underwriter's laboratory of drugs. Drugs. Yeah. Or, I mean, remember, the FDA isn't just drugs. It's also about medical devices, right? They do food, too, don't they? There's a food component, yep. Uh, it's also about medical devices as well, as I understand it. Uh, certainly, if it's not the FDA, it's some other government regulatory agency. So if you've got some new Neato uh, machine that you want to bring to the marketplace, guess what? You've got to ask the bureaucrats' permission for that, too. 
And it's more like begging than it is asking. Is there really, I mean, anything nowadays that you do not have to ask permission to do? Or This radio show, thank goodness. Oh, yeah, you do. You have to ask the FCC. Um, per, well, you know, you have to follow their guidelines. You well, the to... stations are asking permission to put a radio transmitter on the air. But to actually do this show, I have not had to ask any governmental permission. That much is true. Which is one of the reasons why I went in this direction. Because I didn't want to ask anybody's permission to make a living. I didn't want to ask anybody's permission to do what I wanted to do. And so the solution, of course, is not to increase government involvement, as uh, people like Mitt Romney would have you believe, or Hillary Clinton would have you believe, that government is the solution to the health care problem. No, that's just going to make it more inefficient. That's going to make it more costly, and uh, you might not necessarily see the cost when you get a bill, but it'll be taken out in your tax dollars. Canadian people are paying through the teeth for their health care, their so-called free health care, which is just just an abject failure. These are people that are waiting and waiting and waiting to get the treatments that they need to save their lives, and the Canadian people and the, you know, the government people there, could, they could give a flip. doesn't matter to them. They're getting their tax money in. doesn't matter if the people actually get treated. Government health care has been a failure everywhere it has been tried, and it's a failure for the same reason that government fails at everything. Back to the question you asked, Mark. Where does government actually do something well besides kill people? It doesn't even do that well. I mean, if fighting wars, it's just that there's no competition in that particular arena because there's very little money to be made in the actual fighting of the war. Creating the weapons to fight the war, lots of money. That's the military-industrial complex that yep. Eisenhower warned us about. But um, the, the fighting of a war, that's where you blow crap up and kill people. There's no money in killing people. And unless you've got an insurance policy on them, um, and there's there's no money in blowing crap up, so no governments really aren't even good at fighting wars. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. We go to your phone calls and talk to David in Massachusetts. You're on Free Talk Live, David. David, going once. David. Hello. Hello, David. What's on your mind? Hi. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm heavy with the flu right now. I'm just down over the border in Lowell, Massachusetts. Ah, uh, yes. I'm glad you're on the health care topic because uh, one big issue I have that deals with um, Romney's health care deal that he foisted on us here in Massachusetts. Oh, yeah, you poor bastards. You have to, uh, down in Massachusetts, everyone by law is mandated now to purchase health insurance or else they'll dock your paycheck. Absolutely, and I'm a, I'm a, a contractor, so I'm self-employed. And just since uh, November, I've paid about $2,200 into this new health uh, insurance system. Wow. And I, I haven't even been to a doctor in 10 years. So, so you were one of the uninsured prior to this, then, is what you're saying. Exactly, right. And And also, as I understand it, down there in Massachusetts, the regulatory atmosphere is so intense over these health care insurance providers that many health insurers have just said, hey, screw this, we're out of here. And so there's kind of like a good old boys club now in Massachusetts where there are only so many uh, health insurance providers for you to choose from. So there's not as much competition to bring prices down, even in the world of insurance. There's not a lot of competition in Massachusetts. Massachusetts is the most uninsured as far as the uh, – it's not most uninsured. Now it's mandated. Competition-wise. Yeah. That's the least competition. That was, that was true of cars, too. True uh, of where? Car insurance as well. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, we, we have that across the board. It's a big issue. But uh, I'm wondering now, well, that they played this whole thing up that that um, when everybody had to, to 
buy into this system, that the prices would come down. <laughs> I looked into uh, health insurance three years ago when I went out contracting on my own, and uh, the lowest I could find was about $700 a month. Mm-hmm. And now with this being foisted on me, it's still $700 a month for a family plan. So the the prices didn't come down as they promised. They did a lot of gabbing about it prior to this. Sure. My question is that why why isn't there uh, some kind of uh, class action lawsuit being brought against the state of Massachusetts for for trying to tie uh, a person's uh, health re- responsibility to themselves to uh, being a ward of the state in essence? It's a good question. I have a quick question for you because this just boggles my mind. How do they sell it to you? How do they sell they, they mandatory health? They didn't sell it at all. This is basically a gun or else. because they're saying, if you don't buy this, we'll tax you. Uh, we'll take uh, the lowest package. Yeah, they're just going to jack it out of your paycheck is what they're going to do. Uh, hey, right, we'll come so back with more of this. Hang on, 800-259-9231, hour three coming up, Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number three of the show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. We are on the line with David in Massachusetts. We've been talking about the health care situation that we have in this country, and it's just awful. And the reason is because of government involvement. So the solution, therefore, is not more government involvement in the, in the form of socialized health care, single-payer health care, universal health care, whatever you want to call it. And by the way, there are plenty of people that call themselves Republicans and Democrats, both alike, that are absolutely in favor of more governmental involvement uh, with health care. And uh, David, if you're there still in Massachusetts... Yeah. You have encountered sort of the more fascist version of uh, of healthcare, where basically what they've done is they've now mandated in the state of Massachusetts that everyone must have health insurance. So it's not necessarily that the government is providing all of the health care at the moment, but they are mandating that everyone buy into this system of health insurance, which is very regulated and controlled by the government. And uh, the the amount of health insurance providers is also very limited. And basically, if you don't get health insurance on your own, they're going to come in and dock your paycheck. Now, you're self-employed, so it's a little more difficult for them to dock your paycheck. Uh, but people that are just regular employee types, they are, you know, they're stuck. Uh, they're forced into this awful system where you were told that they would that oh costs will go down because so many more people will buy it'll be uh, volume buying power and costs will go down. Well, you've done some checking before and after the fact, and as a matter of fact, costs haven't gone down. And in fact, I was surprised to hear that they stayed the same. I guess it's just that they have so many more customers now. They left the the prices and where they course, were. And of course, since they they didn't hold up the end of their bargain, that costs were going to hold go down. It does that doesn't matter. It's not like people can say, okay, well, yeah. never mind. We're we're keep going back. Yeah, right. You can't cancel, and and therefore costs will go up over time. If they haven't gone up right away, just wait. 
Because if all of these uh, the, these health insurers say, look, hey, let's raise our prices, guys. It's a new year. We need to raise our prices. And they all raise their prices together like a cartel would. You can't just say no. You can't not buy their services. No, everyone is forced into purchasing their services. It's, it's the ultimate fascist health care plan. Absolutely, and it was pushed by Romney, who's supposedly a conservative. Well, well <laughs> no. you should know better than that. <laughs> now, about this health care that you have to have, um, surely there's some company out there that offers, uh, you know, totally catastrophic, cataclysmic health uh, the health care plan. You know that you actually the, the deductibles are very high, and and that kind of like ten thousand dollar deductibles and and that kind of thing. Do, does that uh, fit within the criteria, or do they have specific criteria of what kind of health care you have to have? Well, they have basic health care providers and only a limited number of providers, as, as you guys already stated, on that side. So there's there's no real choice to be had. Uh, they they have basic – you go through uh, an organization that, that kind of farms it out between whatever, however many providers there are, five or six, and they all mm-hmm. basically have the same services at the same prices and – it's the same thing that we've been dealing with with car insurance, where we get right. Geico commercials here, but you can't get <laughs> Geico insurance. In right, because Geico has some sense, and they've decided it's not worth jumping through all the regulatory hassles and hoops that Massachusetts put up. Now, you said you live uh, you know, just over the border from New Hampshire. What's holding you back, man? You should check out the health insurance prices up here. I bet you they're cheaper. Uh, well, we just bought our house two years ago. Oh, so there's no there's no way to uh, to move now. Besides, my wife wants to stay on this side of the border. Ooh, why? Unfortunately, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong with New Hampshire in in her mind? Uh, well, I I don't want to get in. No, I have uh, nothing personally against New Hampshire. <laughs> the wife is there in the room. We understand, David. Thanks for the call, dude. Appreciate it tonight. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. And good luck down there in. Uh, one of the worst, most socialized, fascist, sicko, big government states of them all, Massachusetts. What an awful right situation. There. I mean, these health insurance companies, thanks to this new government mandate, they have guaranteed customers. And remember, we, I think we'd actually, it was either an email or a phone call that we'd had from somebody in Massachusetts that had an awful time with their insurer. And uh, they, 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 the insurance companies, they don't treat you like a valued customer. And the reason for that is because they know that you don't really have anywhere else to go. That the other companies aren't that much better. It would be bad enough if they forced people, if they just forced people to have health care, health care insurance. Um, You know, I've got to say that a lot of most people should have health care insurance. They should. But it's then the government puts all these regulations on the health care companies, what policies they're allowed to provide. They have their own insurance board. They have a government bureaucracy that oversees the insurance companies right. to make sure that they're offering the, all the little things. You know, We've abortion- got to cover the, the scuffs and the cuts and uh, the sniffles. Right, abortions for nuns and, and all the other nonsense out there that uh, uh, that, that you know, doesn't make any sense for people to, be, to have coverage on. Just think how much uh, cheaper my coverage would have been. There was a time in my life when I was, you know, 30 years old, looking for insurance, and they—I was essentially twice as much as everyone else because I smoke a cigar a day, and so therefore I have to have, you know, I have to be covered for lung, you know, for for lung disease. I wasn't going to get lung disease for another 30 years, assuming I'm ever going to get it anyway. Hmm. I didn't need coverage for that then. I just needed coverage for catastrophic stuff, but it still cost me twice as much. Wow. If they would have offered me a program where they didn't cover lung cancer, right. then 
be dirt cheap. Fine. Yeah, absolutely. I have not had health insurance since my mother's health insurance on me has canceled. Mm -hmm. And I have the opportunity at work where I could have full coverage health insurance, but I just don't feel like it's worth... I I mean, I don't like going to the doctor, and I don't want to pay for going to the doctor once every three years, so I'm just going to wait till I get older and I go to the doctor more. You know, the fact is, um, in, in your early 20s, a lot of people make that particular decision. And... The people that aren't in their early twenties that know that they need health care. I'm thirty. I'm thirty seven now. I have I have health care. I've I've gotten um you know health insurance because I feel like you never know. Well, that's because I'm thirty seven. When I was twenty two, I wouldn't have needed it. Well, yeah, I'm about ready to start. The thirty seven year olds and the fifty seven year olds and the seventy seven year olds realize, yeah. We need those 22-year-olds in paying their money so that it'll lower our rates. But it hasn't. That's what insu- well, that's what in Massachusetts. Th- th- that's because they've taken competi- um, a right. certain level of competition out of the situation. And that's situation. the direction everyone's going. All the state governments are going in that same direction. You can just wait. Wait and see. Other states will, uh, will jump on board with this bandwagon, whether it's fully socialized medicine. I will medicine. be absolutely infuriated if New Hampshire picks that up. That doesn't seem likely. New Hampshire would be one of the last ones to do it. We've got a good <sighs> activist base here that would fight against it. Fight against it, that's absolutely true. But you don't think the Democrats that are in office here in New Hampshire right now would th- think that was a great idea? Right I'm after sure they, they raised the minimum wage here? Yeah, I'm sure they would. Well, it's no easy fight, certainly, Mark, that we uh, that we have, uh, but we're willing to do it. 1-800-259-9231. Continue with your phone calls. Let's talk to Ken in California. Ken, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey. Ken? Hello. Hey, what's on your mind? Uh, well, not much, except the fact that I'm a little miffed with uh, our governmental agencies. I, I, I tuned in and I heard you guys talk about the health insurance uh, situation, and that makes me think about our situation here in California and about, uh, what is it, 11, 12 other states that have uh, medical marijuana uh, laws on their books? Yeah. I think it's 13. Yeah, well, yeah, okay, 13, yeah. Um, you're probably right. That sounds that sounds correct. Uh, anyhow, um, our own Supreme Court in the state of California recently, it's my understanding, has uh, said that if an employer pulls a urinalysis on the employee, uh, and you don't pass it due to THC, which would, i.e., be medical marijuana or marijuana period, mm. um, that they can fire you. Okay. It's like double jeopardy. I mean, is our, our government is not listening at any level, whether it be municipal and above. I mean, well, I have crazy. to say that I think an employer should be able to fire somebody for whatever reason they want to. I mean, if an employer wants to be a jackball and fire you because you don't, you know, he doesn't like the color of your eyes or your hair, well, or he doesn't like you because you're a, a man or a woman. I agree, but I, if if they're saying that the person was stoned at the time exactly. of, of some 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 uh, offense or something like that, that's not accurate. Right, that's like if you drank alcohol, that's your choice. That's up to you. Now, if you drank alcohol on the job, the the employer, of course, could have an issue with that. Oh, there's no doubt in my mind that the employer, if they were to fire you for that, would be a jerk. Um, But I don't want to work for jerks, and so I think it would be a good thing. I'd move on and get myself a job somewhere else with someone who's a reasonable individual. And, again, I think people should be able to be fired for any reason the employer wants to. It's their job, not yours. Thanks for the call, dude. 800-259-9231. You take control. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us on our website. FreeTalkLive.com is the place to go. The feature's there. We give away, so enjoy those on us. Get signed up for the updates. 
Go to updates.freetalklive.com to get on the list. It's free, like everything else is on our website. And the idea is we'll send you emails whenever there's something you need to know about the show. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com to get on the list for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. March 12th through the 15th is the 56th annual running of the Mobile uh, Mobile One 12 Hours of Sebring, presented by Fresh from Florida. The world's fastest sports cars will battle for 12 hours on the famous Sebring Road Course. For tickets and information, call 1-800-626-RACE or visit SebringRaceway.com. March 12th through the 15th. Don't miss it. SebringRaceway.com. I wanted to come back to the the uh, story or the, the call that Kevin made a few moments ago, or rather Ken in California, talking about how there's been a law passed that now allows business owners, if they test their employees for drugs and they're found having THC in their system, whether or not they're a medical marijuana patient, they now have the ability to fire that person. And Julia, you made a comment during the break that I thought was worth saying on the air. What were, what were you saying? Oh, I said, well, I wasn't sure if the gentleman who just called in was saying that it was the government said that they had to fire people no, or that no, employees were just firing. But but you're claiming that the government has now given people permission to fire people over smoking marijuana? Yes. And that makes me angry. Uh, why do we have to get special permission to fire a, a certain group of people in the first place? I should be able to fire whoever I want, just like I should be able to kick anybody out of well, my house you would that think, I want. Yes. Because, because uh, medical marijuana is legal in um, California, then you would need some kind of special dispensation from the government. However, you're right, in California... Essentially, it's it's very difficult because with most socialist states, I'm not in California, haven't looked over their employment laws, but I would suspect with most of these more socialist states, it's very difficult to fire somebody. They have all kinds of rights and, and things like that to single out marijuana smokers and to say that, oh, it's okay to fire these people for doing this. Well, that's wrong. But yeah. I do, however, agree with Ian that uh, an employer should be able to um, fire an employee for any reason they want. And in the same way that an employee can quit a job for any reason they want doesn't it seem i mean when an employer is buying the services of an uh, you know the the labor of an employee and an employee is selling the the labor of themselves um, doesn't it seem like they should be on fair and equal footing the employee should be able to say yeah. yes i don't i don't want to work here anymore because my employer uh, picks his nose right well the employer can't go to the state and say hey you can't quit this job I'm suing. You need to come back and work for me, which is essentially what a lot of employees do when they get fired. They go to the state and they say, hey, you can't fire me. I want my job back. And another thing that a marijuana smoker could do, um, you know, is essentially be an invaluable employee in the radio sure. in the radio industry. Um, my experience is they don't do your analysis tests. Why? Because they'd fire three-quarters of the crew that day. Same thing with uh, the restaurant industry, which is where Julia works uh, full-time. And and so they know. They know who to test and who not to test. I I think sometimes that these these tests are used to uh, single out employees that they'd like to get rid of and are scared to get rid of in any other manner. Sure, especially when it's so litigious. I mean, it makes sense. You believe it or not. Even in this less socialist state of New Hampshire, it is so hard to fire people. We are supposed to, as management, make sure that we've done everything in our power to make the employee comfortable. And and even then, they can come back and sue. And when you're hired at Panera... Sorry. When Mm. you're hired at Panera, where I work... several times when you aren't here, so Mm. it's fine. Um, you sign a form that says that this is an at-will you know, employment and that either of us can terminate the relationship at any time. And even though you've agreed to that, wow. they still Not come back and sue, and they win. It's disgusting. 
And this mentality spreading across the country, and the, the, the people, uh, these employees, are just getting more and more so-called employees' rights, and it's just destroying the freedom of the employer to run his or her business in the way that he or she deems fit. As an employer, it's your business. You've paid the rent. You're paying the mortgage, whatever it is your situation is. You've got the overhead to cover every single month. It's your responsibility. You should have the ability to completely customize your staff in the way that you want to. If you bring somebody on and it turns out that they're just a slack ball and uh, they don't want to do what they're supposed to do, you should be able to get rid of them right off the bat. You shouldn't have to jump through hoops. You shouldn't have to cover your butt. It should just be, you're done, dude. Get out of my, get out of my place of business. I don't understand what's so wrong with that. It's just it goes back to this mentality, this kind of uh, socialist inbred mentality that we, that uh, young people have, and people, I guess, of all ages. But it starts probably at government schools. This entitlement mentality that uh, once you have a job, if you're just if you just show up every day on time, you should be able to keep your job for the rest of your life. And we see it reflected, as you said, Julia, even though uh, New Hampshire is one of the less regulated states in this area, we still see the mentality. There was a, a paper mill that closed down up in the northern part of the state. or uh, Yeah, I think it closed down uh, in uh, December. No, you know, you're talking about a, a mobile home, uh, a home construction company. Or, like They made mobile homes. Or right, like the, there was a mill that closed down a little while back. Okay. And, and whenever one of these big employers shuts down... Big, big in New Hampshire is 150 people. Well, whatever. <laughs> whenever one of these employers that employs a lot of people shuts down, uh, the employees go running to the government, and the governor of the state says, we're going to do whatever, whatever we can to help you guys. And uh, one of the ideas that was put forth was that the government should nationalize, or for lack of a better term, uh, take control of that particular company to keep it, op- to, to keep it operating, to have <laughs> taxpayers pay to continue to operate this failing company. I mean, the, the owners didn't think it was worth keeping going. Why should the, why should the government? Because of the jobs, Mark. Wait, this is in New have... Hampshire? Yes. That means we'd be paying for it, That's right? That's right. Right. <laughs> but the, the customers didn't want to buy the products, so the government's going to take over the business. And then make the products uh, you know, that much more inferior than anything else. Look, that's, it's as simple as this. If an employee decides that they want to sell their labor um, to an, an employer and an employer decides they want to buy it, they're in a consensual agreement. Um, when the employee, the employee doesn't need any reason to, to leave, so therefore the employer shouldn't need any reason. If the employee thinks the em- employer's a jerk and wants to leave for that reason, fine. If the employer wa- thinks the employee's a, uh, a jerk and wants to fire them for that reason, fine. What you can guarantee is one of them's a jerk. And yep. in life, you'll meet lots of jerks. And what you have to do is find the jerks that you get along well, best with, like you and I do, Ian. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> I know you're a jerk. And, uh, you know, you, you just... You, you, Smarmy, snide, jackball. See? See? This, you just deal you with it. You both are a bunch of jerks, if you ask me. There you go. Surrounded by jerks. Let's go to the phone. I'd fire one of you if I could. Jeremy, <laughs> you're on the air in Montana. Hello, Jeremy. Jeremy. Yeah. Hello. Oh, a ball tonight, man. What's on your mind, dude? Oh, I was thinking about, uh, I told a cop to get the hell out of my yard the other day. <laughs> but that went well. Did he leave? And I was jamming my tunes, and they were only up for like five minutes. And all of a sudden, there's the popo, you know. <laughs> and I, I just asked him politely to get the hell out of the yard, and he left. And I went back in my place, and it was all cool. All in, did, you, did you go back in and crank it up again? Yeah. How close are your neighbors, Jeremy? I don't know, but I met you don't know? more of them in 
I, I met some more of them today, and they, they seem to be really good people. You met more of your neighbors today, you said? Uh, and it's all because of me cranking my pins and telling the cops. That's great. You're meeting your neighbors from cranking the music. Hey, there you go. Rock Thank on. you for call. More on the way. Crank up some free talk live while you're at it. No, I don't recommend disturbing your neighbors. You should get along with them and uh, have agreements. He is getting along. He's <laughs> That's great. More coming up. Cranking Black Sabbath This with is free talk live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. Join us online, freetalklive.com. The feature's there for free, so enjoy those, including live streams, broadband version, and a dial-up version, both free for you at freetalklive.com. President Hillary Clinton, the North American Union, unconstitutional gun and drug laws, a national ID card. What's your trigger point? If it happens, what will you do? The Free State Project knows that one size does not fit all. Participants choose what event will trigger their move to New Hampshire and join the fight for freedom. Check it out at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. To the phones and to the fun. April, ladies first, in Kalispell, listening on uh, KGEZ. Hello, April. April, going once. April, hello. Hi, I wanted to tell you about something that's going on in the public school system, and I know you guys are against the public school system, but many of us are paying so much in property taxes. That, oh, me too. <laughs> you know, you know that basically, that basically, you know, and and I have to say, the school systems up here, especially compared to say down in California, are excellent. You know, I but understand I why people. About, I understand why people make the compromises to and and send their kids to school. I do. I absolutely do understand. It's it's a huge financial burden. I think that the government should get out of it, and that we yeah. should stop forcing people to pay for schools that they don't use. Well, you know, saying but the, I understand why parents do that. Saying the government schools in your area are comparatively better is like saying you have a comparatively better uh, form of cancer than other other forms, <laughs> because it really it's just all bad. I mean, they're all teaching socialism to some degree or another. They're all teaching yeah, worship I, I for the to state. Tell you about something specific here. Please, yeah, please. Um, two of my daughters are in high school, and two of their teachers have require community service as part of their grade. What? Now, excuse mm. me, but community service, in my mind, um, for one thing, it should be, unless it's court-ordered, I think that it should be voluntary. And the other It wouldn't thing be is, service is otherwise. Other, and also, this community service has absolutely nothing to do with the class that they're taking. Mm. So one of the classes is an English class, and the other class is a math class. And what they're required to do is to make these stupid, convoluted cardboard books for kids in Africa. And they've got all this, these guidelines, like, for instance, these kids in Africa, they're not supposed to put TV sets or cars or anything, basically electric lights or anything that we have in these books because they don't want to make the kids in Africa feel bad. So they, but they want these kids, my, these kids to spend all this time drawing and making these stupid and they're not very well made cardboard so, books. To no, send to so Africa. they don't even get to choose their mode of community service because when I went to government school down in Florida, and this was over a, dec- a decade ago at this point, uh, they required 75 hours of community service just to graduate from high school. Really? But you could you could choose 
what area of so-called community service you wanted to do it in. You're saying there's not even a choice here. They have to do what well, the teachers say. In, so. in the one class, in the math class, they do not have a choice. They have to make these books for kids in Africa. And in the English class, they can either make the book for the kid in Africa or they can do like 40 hours of community service. Now, keeping in mind, my daughters are already in a community service club because they want to help their community. Well, it's and virtuous asked, when well, you volunteer. We, it's, it's virtuous. And they said, can we use the community service that we're already doing as <laughs> an after-school project for our class? And she said, no, you have to do extra stuff just specifically for this. That doesn't make any sense. That's wrong. And, oh, and I guess what and, I want to know I'm is... How is really helping happy. children in Africa community service? I'm it's all for helping people, <laughs> but community, I think, volunteering at your local food kitchen or something that actually right. has to do with your community. Well, they, that, that, see, that's my other argument. My argument is these kids are really not getting any idea of how they're helping. <laughs> it's supposed to foster, like, you know, connection to people who live in poverty and blah, blah, blah. Well, why not come to the old folks' home and read to the old blind people? Sure. Why not pick up trash alongside the street or go to the animal shelter? But either way, whatever what? arbitrary whatever arbitrary example they choose to enforce on these kids, it still doesn't send the right message. And that is that if you if you want to help people that need help, it's only virtuous if you choose to do it. As you're saying, your daughters have chosen to do it elsewhere on their own. If you force somebody to help another person, then they don't learn the same lessons from that. Then they just resent it. Well, the other problem that I had, specifically for this geometry class, is my one daughter, who is not artistically inclined, okay? She's a musician, but she draws stick figures. She spent all weekend long trying to make this stupid cardboard book when she should have been working on her geometry. And, and, and that was one of the big problems I had. I actually contacted the superintendent of schools over this, but, you know, I, I think other parents out there, we need to start complaining about this, because this is like indentured servitude or slavery it's not going to do you any good i mean you can just get all motivated and go to a bunch of school board meetings and you'll probably just get ruled over again and again the most sensible thing to do is pull your kids out of these government schools and figure out a way uh you know maybe not pay the property tax or the uh, the school portion of your property taxes or something like that some sort of a property tax revolt i think would go a long way and getting your kids out would be a, the best thing you could possibly do to keep them out oh, i know and i've actually have homeschooled my kids for most of their education but Why did you choose to the send them back to government school? That, like, well, part of the problem is that I myself am not, I don't feel that I have the level of training in math and science that are, are going to benefit my kids. I mean, I can't, I can't do in the, in the, at the kitchen table. Do you think that, do you want your, do you want your daughters to go to college? Left. Is that why you're concerned about that? What? Are you, are you concerned about that because you want them to have the prerequisites in order to go to a college? Is that the reason you're so concerned? Because the way no, I understand they, it. No, no. actually, to be really honest, I would have no problem with my kids not going to college at all because I don't want to pay for my kids to be brainwashed by a bunch of lefties. That's what's going to happen. But you're my right. my kids want to go to school, want to learn these things. I see. Well, then, then you've got a problem. Because as I understand, and you probably know this as a homeschooler, the way I understand it is once you teach a kid to read and to write, you get the basics down, they can go and learn all the rest on their own. So if it interests well, them to learn nice math theory, and science... But yeah, but it's a nice theory, but, you know, sometimes, uh, and I think that there are a lot of people who can do that, and there are some people who actually need to have someone um, help them have, you know, yes. to understand. the classroom experience things. can be valuable. Hire a tutor. 
That's what I would say. April, thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate it. <laughs> hey, do whatever you can to get them out of the hands of the government. Really. I, it's the only solution to that particular problem. I understand yeah. um, you know, wh- where she's coming from. Um, it's, it's just, what do you do to fight the school board? It's ludicrous that they have to do community service for a geometry class. <laughs> Unless that the community service is showing shapes and cones to uh, younger kids. Uh, it, just, it, does not, it makes no sense at all. I fudged my community service sheet. I just had somebody sign off on it as though I'd actually done something, but I didn't. Yeah, so. the only community service I ever had to do was court-ordered. And then they're doing community <laughs> I think service, I that too. and the teacher says, no, the community service, for one thing, you never ask these questions. They're doing community service, um, and the teacher says, no, you have to do more different community service. The community service you're doing isn't good enough. Of course, you don't ask a bureaucrat a question that um, you want to, to get an answer to. In, in the case of bureaucrats, you always you know, ask forgiveness rather than permission, because the you know, if you go and ask a bureaucrat a question that's a yes/no question, no. the answer is no. Every time, no. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Your thoughts about whatever you want to talk about. We go to Kevin. Every time, every time is inaccurate. Sometimes bureaucrats will not say. That. Kevin in Minnesota, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Kevin. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? I just would like to add that it's really refreshing to hear a female's voice in the mix this evening. <laughs> it's always nice to have Julia on the show when she's available. She's a busy lady, so we try to get her in as often as possible. Um, two things. Uh, Nanette, uh, she might have a possibility of saving her home. Just to uh, recap, for people that are tuning in this hour weren't here an hour ago when Nanette called, uh, she had painted her trailer. Her and a group of Ron Paul activists had painted her trailer with a wonderful mural, uh, of a Ron Paul mural, and her uh, mortgage company came in and said, you better change this back or else we're going to foreclose on your house. What are your, what's your suggestion? Um, well, there was on the Power Hour on GCN, which is the PowerHour.com, they were talking about this man who had this million-dollar home and they were trying to foreclose on him. Well, the gentleman went to the mortgage company and said, prove to me that you own the mortgage on my house because because of all the recent mortgage foreclosures that are going on, that all the people are trading and buying all the mortgages, and the actual mortgage company no longer had the paper proving that they owned the mortgage. Hmm. Seems, so then, I suppose that's possible. Seems unlikely that that would happen, but it's worth a shot, I guess. Kevin, thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything, even in these remaining moments. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Maybe enough time for your call at 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. The features there we give away, and if you like the show and you want to look good, then go buy some Free Talk Live stuff at store.freetalklive.com. T-shirts, hats, hoodies, a variety of colors, sizes, and options, all there at store.freetalklive.com. Plus, you'll find some other cool stuff like our Free Talk Live lighter slash bottle opener combo, uh, as well as DVD classic archive collector sets and free marketeer logo stuff. Go to store.freetalklive.com and buy some stuff. All right, let's go uh, back to the phone calls here. Todd in Michigan, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Todd. Hey, how's it going, Ian? Hey, what's on your mind? Well, I wanted to talk to you guys earlier about uh, what you guys were talking about earlier uh, about the health care uh, crisis. And it's interesting you guys bring up the health care situation. I was talking to Mark online about this. Um, I don't know if you're aware of this, but uh, the AMA has even just as much power as the government, even more so in, in, in a lot of respects. How's that? Um, well, taking in, in consideration that they decide the number of medical schools exists, 
Uh, they, so they decide how many medical how schools? How many students are enrolled. They decide um, how they many decide students and how many medical schools, stu- schools there are? How many hospital residencies. And through the licensing laws, they decide who gets the jobs in the hospitals. Wow. So, what a scam. Yeah, it is. It is. And, you know, the funny thing is, is and a lot, what a lot of people don't talk about is that currently we have o- over 500,000 licensed physicians in this country. There are over 300 million Americans in this country. There are not enough physicians and the resources to provide for every single person who could actually get the health care they could get, but to purchase it through the free market. So with the licensing laws and since that's a protection racket, we lock out a lot of good people who could have been doctors, but they can't because the licensing fees are horrendous. Or they just can't get in. They can't get into the school. That's right. That's right. They keep a number of, um, a number of students down uh, deliberately, and they've been doing this since the early part of the, cent- early part of the 20th century, in fact. It basically and was the purpose of the AMA, wasn't it, to uh, restrict competition for the doctors? That's correct. That's correct, and they uh, have a lot of, of, of control over the entire medical system, um, along with the unions. And, you know, they, they are doing a pretty good job of helping wrecking this entire health care system as we know it, and they've been doing it um, pretty pretty well for a very long time. Sad stuff, man. Anytime you control, um, try to control part of the market, it's, it's always going to to cause problems and you know the AMA is it's it's basically a government instituted union you cannot be a That's doctor correct. you can't be a doctor unless the AMA recognizes exactly. um, you as a doctor and the the government will come yeah. and put you in jail if you try to do doctoring stuff without being right. recognized by the AMA I mean they're no. protected That's what we need is more underground doctors I'd be happy to patronize one of them Todd thanks for the call tonight dude yeah. got to go to Brian in Colorado on the amp line hello Brian Hey guys, hey Julia. Hello, Brian. Uh, I I, uh, I had something else. I maybe didn't get to it, but the uh, the, the one thing that uh, that the government doesn't restrict as far as uh, professions is the number of lawyers out there. <laughs> I mean, there's something like fifty thousand uh, people graduate every year with a law degree. Mm, wow. There's something wrong with that. Well, yeah. yeah actually, well, what I wanted to talk about was uh, was uh, technology and how the government. Uh, takes technology that we as uh, supposedly free citizens create out of our, you know, need for profit and, you know, innovation, and they take it. They take it and turn it into something evil. Like robots, for instance? Like, well, let's start with trains. Okay. I mean, uh, 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 the the trains were turned into, uh, were, were, you know, commandeered during uh, World War II and turned into troop transports and, uh, you know, equipment transports. Uh, but, but but I was thinking lately of RFID, which is a fabulous, wonderful technology. I mean, it, it helps uh, uh, companies uh, prevent fraud. It helps them track what they what they uh, you know need to track. Yeah, if Walmart you work in a warehouse, RFID is a lifesaver. It really it really increases efficiency. Uh, if you've ever moved pallets around behind the scenes in a store, for instance, you could take an RFID scanner, scan a pallet, and it would just bounce back instantaneously the amount of products and which products were actually in that pallet. You wouldn't have to go and move boxes and uh, tally things manually. It's really taken a lot of the work out of warehousing, amongst other things. So you're right. It's a brilliant technology. 
yeah, they've got this one uh, uh, commercial. I think it was uh, made in Europe, and you get it on YouTube. This guy walking through with this long coat, you know, he's got a beard. And he looks like a like a you know a shoplifter, and he throws stuff in his pockets, and he throws stuff, you know, he hides stuff all over the place, and then he tries to walk out of the store, and the thing beeps. And then the security guard is standing there and say, excuse me, sir. And the guy turns around and the security guard says, you forgot your receipt. Hmm. Because it scanned everything that he did and he bought it and he put it on his credit card. Hmm. But the government is, tur- is turning this into evil, you know, chipping the, our kids and everything. Yeah. But I was just reading, reading uh, in uh, Scientific American today, they have this, uh, this new RFID chip. It's called RFID powder because it's so small. It's, it's being worked on by Hitachi right now. It's so small the the bottle of this stuff you pour it out on a on a table and it looks like a powder. Wow! And it, it it only reads for a few centimeters, but you know that won't take long to to build bigger bigger receivers for that. But it's it, I think it would have a really good uh, uh, you know need for a lot of good you know commercial private things. But then they're already talking about how the cops are going to take this powder and they can spray it on a bunch of protesters you know in a in a town gathering or something like that and then just kind of track them as they go around town. I mean, wow. the stuff isn't even on the market yet, but the government is all, already thinking about evil ways to use this to their control benefit. These people must be stopped, Brian. These people must be stopped. So how do we stop that? I, I think every, every, every inventor needs to think about their technology, but they need to think a little bit further about how to government-proof their technology when the time comes. I don't know if it's but, possible. I mean, if the government's out there, it's just like you said. I mean, when they commandeered the trains, they'll just commandeer your technology. If you release yeah, it to the marketplace, it's available to the state. Oh, but we're smarter than they are. Like, for instance, they're putting these RFID chips in your passport. Yeah. But you just throw your passport in the microwave. I mean, how long will it take? And it, you know, that, that'll, that'll undo whatever the The, the chip microwave? Is. I thought you were supposed to hit it with a hammer. Right. The microwave, right. The, the microwave can put, when the RFID chip, chip goes in there, can scorch the, uh, the passport and make it obvious you did such a thing. With the RFIDs that they're putting in, uh, in passports, it's best to uh, cover it with a cloth and then smack it real good with a hammer. <laughs> Brian, there are always going to be ways to use technology to fight technology. So we will always have those options, those creative uh, options that will come up to help protect us. I, I know that uh, Puke posted a link. I don't know if it was nhfree.com or the Free Talk Live BBS, but he posted a link of uh, this neat little invention that essentially you put up on your. Uh, you can you can it puts out infrared light, which of course you can't see, but video cameras can. And so basically, when it's it's emitting this infrared light, you could wear it on your head, for instance, and uh, security cameras can't see you because the infrared light blinds the security camera to that one particular area where the lights are. So there are always going to be neat uh, technological workarounds, but preventing government from getting their hands on these tech uh, technologies is, is next to impossible. Well, yeah, that, that, that's, that's my point, is that we need to, to figure out ways uh, to, to, to re, uh, uh, return these back to us, to, to keep the government out of them and get rid of any advantage that they might have that they think they have, because they're always a little bit behind us. Let's always stay in front of them. Government proofs any technology that comes out. That's my mantra. Very good, Brian, and congratulations in advance on closing on your house in New Hampshire. I know you're flying up here tomorrow for that. Yeah, and, uh, and I'll, I'm going to head out to Keene to go to Social Sunday and uh, see you all there, and then uh, we close on Monday. Very cool, man. Congratulations, and thanks for the call tonight, dude. 800-259-9231. Wow, blown away by the phone calls. I had said earlier we were going to get back to the email asking about, you know, how do you have the boldness to uh, to broadcast you don't pay taxes to the feds? Aren't you worried you'll end up a lot like the Browns? No. If I was worried, I wouldn't be doing this show. 
If I was worried about what would happen to me, I wouldn't be out here talking about the things I talk about. And it's not just that. I well, admit to smoking marijuana. You know, I've admitted to breaking all kinds of you laws. You choose not to worry. However, you do consider it a possibility that the feds may come after you. I, I take steps. Certainly, I take steps, and I'm doing, I, you know. I don't know what kind of steps you can take against. He doesn't, he doesn't take any steps. Don't listen to him. I, well, I mean, I am no in the process of taking steps. Been taken. <laughs> I am in the process. I mean, these steps can take some time to but ensure safety. I don't. I don't know that the steps even matter. The fact is, you're doing what's right by you know in in your mind, and, and I I would agree with you by not paying taxes. And then beyond that, you know, you can try to make some you know, some le- legal maneuvers that will uh, try to minimize the damage should the damage come. But which, you know, I would say that uh, what's important is that you've done what's right. Exactly, and, and the, the idea is to do what's right, and by example, set an example for others to say, yeah, well, he's doing it, why shouldn't I be able to? He's doing it, he's on the radio, why shouldn't I be able to do it? And I think it makes more sense if you're doing it in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, where others are around. I feel much better uh, doing this here than I did doing it down in Florida, for instance, because there are people surrounding me that support me, and I support them, too. If they get caught and in trouble for something, uh, for instance, next month, I'll be going to a court trial for one of the activists here in Keene who was driving without registration because i support people doing what they think is right uh in this fight against tyranny that we have you've got to stand up for your freedoms otherwise they're just going to keep getting taken away from you and besides if they wanted to come after me they could any old time they could go after me for whatever they want see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com dvd books music instruments periodicals computers software electronics photo cell phone office products home and garden bed and bath furniture kitchen pet supply automotive hardware apparel shoes jewelry grocery healthcare, sports and outdoors toys games used and more it's a department store at your fingertips amazon.freetalklive.com get all your shopping done a great deal delivery to your door and a percentage of your purchase will go to free talk live when you enter amazon through amazon.freetalklive.com